Mike Leach was one of the best strikers around during his seven years at Milltown. Nobody was more central to Rovers' six cup wins in a row, scoring twice in the 68 semi-final and final where Waterford and Peter Thomas were the opponents. I had a lot of respect for Tom as a keeper and he was lying there disconsolate and I pushed him on the head and I said, hard luck Tom, maybe next year. A lot of people got the wrong impression and thought I said, well that's another one that stood past you Tom, it's not true. On episode two two seven, and it's me, Gary P. And of course, the Prof. Carroll. Your favourite bi-weekly show is back. We are still going hard in the off-season, Prof. Keeping you updated with all the Rovers news. Leicester Credit and Ocean Electrical back on board this year. Leicester Credit, they got you back. And Ocean Electrical, they got your wires. And <laughs> they don't have your lamps. How many years now? We still don't have a catchphrase for yeah, We'll have to Electrical. come up with something. So yeah, uh, fantastic stuff planned this week, Prof. We have the return of Quifties. Quifties is back, Prof. Oh, this is big. This is grey crack, honestly. It's it's fucking grey crack. It's back three years, nearly four, Prof. Can you believe it's been that long? Yeah, because we did two quizzes just before COVID. So it's three years since then. But it's actually four years since Pigo was champion. That's ridiculous, man. Four years. Four? Oh, wow. Right, so we have uh, Gary O'Neill, Neil Fruge and Sean Gannon. So a meeting of the minds, Prof. And they're taking on the podcast quiz qualifying round. And we'll round up all the news from the past fortnight. And there's the big interview with Darren Dillon, who was Rover strength and conditioning coach for five years under Stephen Bradley. Oh, yeah. Finally got my finger up, Prof. I'll do a bit. Yep, yeah, and it's a fantastic one. We'll talk about it a bit later on when we air it. But uh, this is a really, really good listen. So, yeah, he's in for a treat here. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. In terms of last week, very lively edition of the Tifties Hotline. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was there was just a lot of elements to it, wasn't it? Like the two ex players and Stafford and Paul McGrath killing each other and so many questions to answer. Yeah, we, we have yeah. a few talking points from Mark Fitz flight time from Perth to Wellington, nine hours fifteen minutes. That's an away day. Poor McAdef, like he's every away game is a is a massive, massive trip. Long haul. Well, then again, depends on the mm. type of attitude that you have. If you're into that and travelling around, it'd be interesting enough. He was telling Fields or he could... Now, that's obviously... He doesn't... Uh, he, oh, he would have to go to Wellington because they're in the league. Yeah, they're not in the New Zealand. Yeah. They're in the... 
Australian he, League. He was telling our boy in Perth. A boy. Uh, he could, could get back in 10 weeks. So the season ends in April. So hopefully he feels we can get to see McInniff play live. Yep. Martin O'Brien, great stuff, lads. The commute to work was getting very boring. Oh, he's Shannon Lester. Man, I'm famous. Best podcast around. <laughs> and uh, you were saying that Figra uh, from the Ultras, you were saying hopefully he's still in Bally because... Uh, I was like, get this podcast out because there's no way we'll ever get anybody <laughs> listening to Bali ever again. That'd be a great first strange place you've listened. Um, it was also pointed out to us that the Huberman... That got rugby tackled by Bocker. He never came back after that. So he, that Bocker retired Huberman. There's not a notch in his belt. That's a short career. Or a notch in your belt. Bedpost, isn't it? Notch in your bedpost. Oh, bedpost, something else. What do you put in your belt? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he retired him. He actually never came back. We couldn't. It was that bad. They couldn't even remember his name. He got speared into oblivion. I, uh, that would encourage me to keep going. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd yeah. like be doing the dinner circuit on that. Like I'd be like that time I got rugby tackled. Yeah, it's like that referee. <laughs> uh, right, so Phelan two 0 up versus Slovan Bratislava. No, sorry, Rob Dunn, Rob Dunn. Referee decisions on the podcast. Gary Rogers yellow card for cutting Trevor Clark in half when he's clean through in the Dundalk game. I will have to watch this one back because I'm not too. I can't really remember it, but. Um, I think there was a couple yeah. of other good ones that were pointed out a few very very poor decisions just amazing brought this up this, that, that one as well and it wasn't until he brought it up that now I actually do remember it pretty clearly and that, that was a shocker um, Phelan 2-0 yeah, up versus Slovan Bratislava 2021 had tied the aggregate uh, clear push on Pico 30 yards from the goal and they scored that knocked the bollocks out of us I was proper raging for the rest of the week with that actually raging now thinking about it again the refereeing in the conference is piss poor lads I think I remember this do you? yeah yeah remember that yep yeah. uh, Brian McKenna Darrow's goal in the bottom corner and Oriel went through the net and the ref gave a goal kick mm. uh, that's been talked about a couple of times not the tally here but uh that is probably up there with the all time uh, <laughs> terrible refereeing decisions against Roberts. Yeah, absolutely amazing shout on this one. How could we forget this one? This is the one I was thinking 1998, about. that one, Derek, which actually comes up in the documentary a few times mm. because uh, I have a picture of the hole in the net. Our top dog, Eamon Mack, oversees hoop. Brilliant shout on this one. Can't believe Green are getting sent off and Daily Member kicking the air. didn't get a mention. Oh, I remember yes. this. I remember it so well. And you know what the worst one was in the Tala era? It was Dan Bourne's tackle on McAniff, maybe? Yeah, it should have been a straight red. He was on a yellow. And he was on a yellow. And Do you remember the one? I think it was McAniff, maybe, or Jack or something. But He he was on the happy line, but yeah, it was a wild tackle. I haven't daily remember. Absolutely terrible, terrible. The greener tackle. one, was that um, Keith Ward? Keith Ward was cutting mm, in the box? No, I don't think so. Cause that was, it was in the middle of the park, and it looked like Studs went in, but he got the ball. Could have been Keith Ward. Oh, that was near the dugout. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everybody came running along and then he got sent off. Do you know what? There was a lot of shocking... Like, people obviously kept picking the Lee Grace one, the ball in the face. But in that eight-game winless run against Bowes, there were a lot of horrendous decisions that went yeah. against us. Yeah, it was. It was really poor. There so many that we've just kind of forgotten about them now. Um, so, yeah, Joe's brought up that Rogers one, taking out Clark as well. That was July 2019, I think. Uh, Harvey only gave him a booking for that. Joe's also want to bring up the 2010 FAI Cup semi-final in Tala. This is the famous Paddy Cavanaugh on goal. And uh, the ball's Brazzer, actually. He says Brazzer was coming into the box, uh, attacking the ball, so the Pats box, and Brazzer got kicked in the chest by a Pats player. 
No penalty. Connolly gave a free out to Pats. I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one, but there has been. I guarantee you there'll be more coming into us now on next week's show with fans sending them in. Um, podcast ideas on Instagram, Prof. Well, I like when some good recommendations. Someone said a uh, little documentary for Sligo Away, and we were like, eh, no. Absolutely not. We did a minor, minor one on away days before. Faces blurred out, and it's like a two minute job. No, not happening. Uh, someone actually was interesting. Someone suggested something for a segment that we actually have lined up it's for pipeline. Possibly that, that sounds wrong. <laughs> Between pipelines and bedposts, it's in props pipeline. <laughs> we haven't lined up for a couple of months, so yeah, interesting that someone suggested that. There's it's a few times now, uh, so I'll keep it under my hat for the yes, moment. Underneath the hat, but some good ideas there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks for all the recommendations. Uh, one of the lads, oh, Ethan Rooney, he wants more Milltown style documents, doc- documentary style uh, audio. So that was a uh, pretty cool. When he says Milltown, is he talking about our two parter with the four hundred? I'd group? imagine so. Yeah, I'd imagine you talk about that and all the older. But that was stars. about leaving Milltown. Yeah, Milltown. Yeah. yeah. Prof, it's back. It's four years nearly, and it's Quifties. Okay, so we're here at Rollstown for the return of questions from the East End, everybody's favourite podcast qu- quiz. So it's been revived after a three-year hiatus, and we have three players who are brand new to the game. Never done this before. It's Gary O'Neill, Neil Ferrugia, Sean Gannon, and just a bit of info before we begin. Pigo Lopez is the defending champion. Gary was surprised to learn that. Indeed. It'll be a World Cup format from the first round numbers, but this is just a qualifying round. So everyone in the squad will be scored out of 10. And of those scores, whoever finishes in the top 16 will advance to the first round. If you don't finish finish below the 16th spot, you're eliminated. It's going to be bulky. <laughs> yeah. Who's favourite? Who's favourite, reckon? I think Pico again. He's very good, these quizzes. Uh, so that's what you're playing for. Whoever gets the best score among the three of you today is more bragging rights, but in the long run... It's about getting a decent score out of 10, which will hopefully be enough to get you through. So you'll all receive the same 10 questions. You write your answers down, and you have 20 seconds to write it down. Then you turn around your sheet of paper, show me the answer one by one. And it'll be five football questions, five general knowledge. Yeah. Uh, the first two will usually be about robbers and your teammates, and you get a couple of multiple choices. So, are you ready? Question one. Who were the last League of Ireland club to beat Rovers at Tata Stadium? Neil is still pondering. The other two lads rode down straight away. Oh, you didn't look, did you? You tried to. 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 You tried the one before that was Dundalk, where, he, where Sean Gannon scored the winner. I was like hammer down into the bush there. Don't remember. I got taken off at halftime. I got taken off at halftime, that's what I remember. Right, question two. Who is the youngest of these teammates? And there's four of them. So, is it Dan Cleary, Jack Byrne, Leon Pauls, 
or Dylan Watts. So Dan Cleary, Jack Byrne, Leon Poles, Dylan Watts. Who's the youngest of those four? I don't know this one. I'll have to guess. I'll guess. So. guess. And then Kelly guess. Right, you ready to go? Gary says. Dylan Watts. Leon Poles. Leon Poles. Leon is correct. So that's a point for uh, Neil and Sean. And uh, Jack put in that. You look 40 now, Jack. <laughs> uh, Jack, Jack and Dan are 26. Yeah. And Leon, what is Leon, was. Leon and Dylan are both 25. But Leon is just three weeks younger than Dylan. Oh, I was close. So I'm just going to write a one for you there. Can you just write down a one for yourselves yeah, there? Question three. Uh, what was Gavin Bazunu's second club in England after Manchester City? I think you seem competent there. You ready to go? Yeah. Gary? For Rochdale. Portsmouth. I've gone Portsmouth as well. Gary is correct. His first long spell was Rochdale, then it was Portsmouth. Two, yeah, kind of This is the two. Big, uh, big up in the Didn't follow me back on <laughs> <laughs> So two points for Gary. Question four, and Gary possibly has an advantage here. You'll be in trouble if you don't know this one. What is the home ground of Kerry FC? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> God, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Who plays in Ringsham Park? <laughs> I think this is right. Like, actually, not even <laughs> unless they renamed it. Come on, Neil, write something down. Neil, Neil's baffled. And time on that one. Gary, what is your answer? Mount Hawk Park. Kerry Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone for the Kerry Bowl. <laughs> Kerry Bowl. Uh, that's another one for Gary, I'm afraid. Three points. So, your last football question. This is an interesting one. I'm curious now if you'll get this one. Which team won a game at the 2022 World Cup in which they had only 18% possession of the ball? Gannon Mosick. Look at him. Oh, Gannon wrote that straight down. 2002. You probably... So oh, wait, is it 2002? No, 2022. The recent World Cup. They won a match with only 18% possession. Oh wait, you were thinking of... 20, how old were you in 2002? <laughs> I was three. Yeah, it's how old you in Six seconds, yeah. Five, four, three, two. And I want your answers now, lads. So, Gary? I've gone Saudi Arabia. Against Argentina, is it? Mm. I've gone Australia. Australia. I've gone Saudi Arabia as well. Against Argentina. The answer was actually uh, Japan. Spain got 1,058 passes and still lost 2 1 to Japan. I remember watching that game, right? So, on to general knowledge. You'll actually be good at this. You'll be good at this, man. There's one scientific question. Gans, you'll be good at this. I don't know. You will, lad. Let myself down here so far. Right, Lisa Marie Presley. The uh, recently deceased daughter of Elvis Presley. She was married four times. So I'm going to call out three men 
one of them is the wrong answer. So of these three people, who was she not married to in her life? Nicolas Cage, Michael Jackson, Johnny Depp. That's Nicolas Cage, Michael Jackson, Johnny Depp. Who did she not marry? Okay, Gary. Johnny Depp. I've gone Johnny Depp as well. Michael Jackson. Johnny Depp is correct. Yes. It's a point each for Gary and Neil. Can you stick a one down there, Neil? Or two. Two. Two for yourself. I keep thinking that's your phone vibrating. Michael Jackson. Just controversial. That's why I didn't pick him. Yeah. Married for two years. No kids, though. Useless information for you. Question. Hmm? How did you come up with that question? I just remember, just remember reading that they were married. I just remember thinking it was bizarre. And then she died and she was in the news. So. Uh, question seven. Who is the patroness saint or mother saint of Ireland? The mother saint of Ireland. Saint, saint like, name, like Saint Patrick is oh, our yeah. patron saint, but who's the female uh, saint? Do you write something down? If you get this, I have to write something down. You will all know this in two weeks because she has she has a bank holiday named after uh, Gary Saint Mary. No, Saint Saint Teresa. <laughs> You have nothing written down. I've nothing written down, but I'm jumping on St. Mary. It's a nice one. My mum works in the church, so I'm not going to get any money. The answer is uh, St. Bridget. Oh, so she has a bank holiday next month now. It's a new one. Uh, this is the scientific question. And it is What is the opposite of matter? The opposite of matter. <laughs> Give me daggers here. So matter. How do you not know this? This one's for you especially. No, <laughs> Opposite matter. This is a poor shower for me. Okay, Gary. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yep. I said gas. Gas. Could I just say, right? Yeah. Look what I started to write. Doesn't and I scribbled it out. <laughs> the answer is antimatter. Well, that's thinking that Jeez, as well. I wasn't far off. I was just thinking that as well. I was like, Neil, that, that was your chance to show well, those 600 points in the end of the evening, sir. Neil gets the last two. Okay, next one. Second last question is uh, tech speak. What does the acronym SMH stand for? SMH. I've actually seen this. Don't the kids? Have you never used it, hasn't? Wait. Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? Did And time. You finish right. You've started, so you finished. Oh no! 
I had this as a handy one. Shake my head. Neil? Sorry, much help. Sorry, much help. Something was happening. Something was happening. Yeah, Gary's correct. Shaking my head or shake my head, whichever. So, five points for Gary. Okay, final question. I think he's have a chance with this one. <laughs> what is the only edible food that never goes bad? Never goes bad. The only one. I don't think I'm right with this, but I'm gone for something. The only edible food. Mm -hmm. Doesn't go bad. Like right. a specific type of food, you say, or it mm -hmm. could be like ah uh, here, listen, no, no, stop that. No, it's specific food. Okay. Wow, no, yeah, the time's up. You're not done. Time's up. You're not done. Shot something. Honestly, I could be wrong. I'm dead. Actually, I'm definitely wrong. I'm definitely wrong. What the fuck is that? Salad. Salad. Don't go there. Get open. I'm done with. Right, Gary. Cheese. Cheese goes off, does it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure cheese goes off. Yeah. Uh, almonds. Almonds. Jellies? Jellies. No, the answer is honey. Honey? Yeah. Oh, Joe, I heard that recently. Is that That's what I actually heard that recently. I think I'm throwing in the most. Cheese gets better with time, no? Yeah, mold can grow on the dog, okay? Yeah, mold can. Honey just goes crystallized, doesn't it? Gary five, Sean one and Neil two. What's the what's the record then this guy? The highest that someone's got on this like Ethan Boyle once got nine. Luke Byrne once got nine. And controversially, Finno, controversially, <laughs> James Dillner. <laughs> Very controversially, James Dillner got a 10, which uh, many people accuse us of uh, <laughs> staging. But uh, Can you just say in the record books, he got 10. On, on oh, one question. That could have won you the game, though. <laughs> yeah, just a general question. question. Neil, back me up here. What? You got a science question. Yeah. Study science in college. I gave him science hardly, I'm hardly like science. <laughs> science really, to be honest with you. Well, we'll see if one or two points is enough to get you through, lads. Based on those answers, possible. It, it may be enough. Okay. But, uh, Do you all get the same questions? No. I, I'm going to mix it up now for the rest of the, the squad. So, uh, right, thanks for playing, lads. Thanks, Carl. Thank you. Cheers. Prof, that was a. Uh, I found me. Do you know what, right? Because Prophet sent me his audio that he records, and I I'd listened to it before the show, but I played this one with Lar, and um, the, like it's just it's so interactive and it's fun and it's go crack and I'm so happy to have it back. I think, um, what did what did I for mass that that was the was the matter one that one the opposite of matter. I, I think, <laughs> I think I said <laughs> it I doesn't said, matter. I said fluid. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it was, and then for the food one, I was there going oh, oh, oh beans. And then Larry goes, jelly, jelly, because we know we yeah. know there's a time limit. I think Sean Gannon said jelly, did he? I don't know. Someone Lar did Lar say jelly. jelly anyway. Yeah, but well, yeah. it was good crack. But what's the quote that's going on Gary O'Neill's gravestone? Oh, Gar, I thought cheese gets better with time. <laughs> oh my god! No, Google. Obviously, the wine, cheese, cheese and wine. You know, yeah, like cheese. 
you're go you're gone after a week. Brilliant. Oh man, so funny. Yeah, we, we introduced this format just before COVID where it's three of them and they write down their answers beforehand and they show it. I just it, it does it's a bit more fun, right? As long as there's time limits because you don't want to drag too too long. Mm. Uh, I had Gary O'Neill help me enforce the time limits because <laughs> Neil would take too long. And Gary would be like, he'd be counting down. Yeah. So Gaza um, is true. Well, that's, what's that, three points? What were we working Well, as I said in, in the intro, um, let's say I we quiz uh, about 24 of them. So whoever gets them, finishes in the top 16, then they'll qualify for the knocker round and then we'll do head to head. So that's what I'm thinking. So Neil, Neil could only get three with two points if enough players do worse than that. Mm. Like if say eight players only get one point, um, six hundred points on the Lima start gear, but it didn't, it didn't seem to translate in <laughs> their quiz. Mentioned that I think. <laughs> what else? What, oh, the age one as well was good. I, I I was thinking to myself, who did I pick? I I was thinking right, this is a hundred percent prof plant. Absolutely, <laughs> Leon Pauls, hundred percent. And then I was thinking, he's put Leon in there. I even put him at the, the end. Obvious one. <laughs> yeah. Still got it wrong. I even laid it out. That was in in uh, what's the word? Chronological order or in reverse order? That was from oldest to youngest. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite part was at the end when Neil didn't know the honey was the answer, but then he started throwing out facts like, "Oh yeah, it crystallizes." And he Sh- said, when I heard that, I was like, "Shut up!" And Sean Gannon was like, "I I know what you're doing there. Don't try and sound smart." <laughs> did you hear, did you hear him when he said um, he said? That's like asking me who plays in Rings End Park. Yeah. About the Kerry question. I deliberately put the Kerry thing in just to sort of ruffle feathers, mm. see what happens. So let's grip these anyway. Gaz yeah. O'Neill is uh, five points ahead Which of them. Should be enough to yeah. see him in the last 16. There are two. We'll have to uh, wait, mm. see what happens. So, congratulations to Bradzar, who has won the SSC at Tristy Sports Writers Ireland's Men's Personality of the Year Award. And at Gaffer becomes the first recipient in 62 years to pick up the award for the second year in a row. There's only one Stephen Bradley that's some achievement that's prof. a great stat isn't it it's a very very tough prize to win because you're dealing with all sorts of categories so brilliant stuff for Brad's and congrats to Alan Manis, who has been named the SSC Electricity Soccer Writers Ireland Goalkeeper of the Year for record equal in third time prof can he do well not four in a row but can he do four overall mm-hmm. so also at that uh, Soccer Writers event we had uh, nine members of the four in a row were pictured together so that was a great photograph and on that topic Mooner brought up a good question he said from the teams that contributed to four in a row did any player win all four now this is interesting because say the likes of Mick Byrne in the way in the first year uh, it was Campbell and Buck up front so then Mick Byrne and Larkin only came in from the second season so Mick Byrne did not win all four and sure enough Maloney rattled it off off the top of his head and uh, I think he had this bang on uh, he said Jody Byrne Harry Kenny Kevin Brady Peter Eccles Dermot McKeady, Pat Byrne and Mick Neville played in all four seasons of the four in a row so if you look at our squad now because we've just we lost Jack for a season Joey retired um, let me think I mean, like the vast majority of them will have the four medals if they do, if we do the four in a row. So that's it's an interesting one. Just having a look at the squad here, it's actually not as many as I thought. Um, so you'd have 
Alamanis, Pico Lopez, Lee Grace, Lynn Watts, Ronan Finn, Aaron Green, Graham Burke, Sean Cavanagh, Gary O'Neill, Rory Gaffney, and Neil Frugia. So they would have uh, they'd won, they would have won all four leagues if we do win the league this season. All four leagues. Yeah. So the prof, um, prof mascot workwear. Have you ever heard of them? I hadn't. No. They're like um, Snickers, like the alternative to Snickers. The Snickers is another workwear company, huge, not chocolate bar. Seeing you licking your lips there. Um, <laughs> it's an alternative to that, and uh, a pretty big deal because I was watching. So well, after initially I I was like meh, but then I kind of looked into it, and they're they're all over Championship football in England, and also. Uh, that is going to be on the front of our jersey mascot workwear yeah mascot workwear they don't sell Huberman outfits uh, no. they're a Danish company <laughs> I, I quite like this from uh, from Turner he just said what we were all thinking to be honest he goes oh I've just seen they're a Danish company I thought it was a company that had one little factory in Ballymun with five employees <laughs> <laughs> they actually Good have local company they actually have over 4,000 employees so no they're a big enough company um Great time too. I think I do need a pair of sneakers. Yeah, I think you do. Probably. So um, I'm seeing your work trousers, holes in them, and moths coming excuse out. Excuse me, there's no holes in my trousers. <laughs> um, in terms of like the placing on the jersey, I think it's the the mascot work. Where I think it's nice and neat on the front. There's not much more um, you can do with it, really, though, is there? I never. Color boys, maybe. I think there was a mock up done. Uh, the ever talented Deco Fitz did up a mock up with a gold writing on it, and it looked the best. That actually looked lovely. But, it's up to it's up to the people who are paying the money really isn't it yeah I never quite liked the placing of Pepper um, 888 as well kind of looked kind of looked ugly like the home jersey the, the away shirt it looked class the the, the white shirt for 888 but uh, this, this actually I think is quite easy on the eye so yeah mascot workwear new mascot sponsors workwear are new sponsors at least we don't um, have the big giant teddy bear on the front yeah, I know. Yeah, it was red and black as well. Um, we have the four pros back in the bar. And Prof, green ribbon's coming in bottles. You're going to be drinking green oh, ribbon in the bar. Big news. It's coming. Big news. Maybe six to eight weeks to ferment and get the bottle sorted. So we are going to be getting green ribbon in the sweet. We're going to have to put one in a little box of frame, aren't we? Stick it up somewhere. <laughs> uh, yes, so we announced the sign of Marcus Pooh. Are we going to try and do this? <laughs> do you remember Ruben Esteroy? They used to. I used yeah, to think they yeah. were booing him, and they go roo. <laughs> so if Poom gets a left footer aim, we're gonna we're gonna. Commentators would be confused. So the former Derby, Sunderland Arsenal keeper Mart Poom. So Marcus, twenty-three-year-old central midfielder, season-long loan from Estonian champions Florida Talent. He was on the bench twice, I think. Don't think he started against us. No, he's thirteen caps for his country. So another he's Estonian international coming in. Prop very very. In, this is we are excited about this, aren't we? But he started all six games in the group stage, so he's plenty of experience so, there. International experience, three league titles, European experience, thirteen caps, league winner. I'm I'm excited, and a left four. Often when you're signing a twenty three year old from abroad, you know you're kind of worried about his experience and his pedigree. With this one, like, not really the case. And he, uh, we, can, he has shown he plays at the top level and can succeed. Like so. he's had glowing reports so far. Obviously, they're just pre-season friendlies, but he's been compared to McAniff and stuff. So, um, yeah, and not the first Estonian. No, certainly not, Prof. We Pat signed him one called uh, Vladislav Krida, and Bogdan Vastuk joined compatriot Frank Levak at Sligo. So, um, what's going on? Yep. What do we not know? 
What's going on in Estonia? Are Estonia on the border really of Ukraine? Isn't there? Didn't they expel Russian diplomats recently as well? So they're probably mm. ex- expecting some sort of backlash. Uh, he called us Shamrock in an interview. No surprise there. Yeah. And Trevor Clark cursed in his first interview. So also no surprise there. Did he say I oh, did it again? <laughs> I think he did. Um, it's only alone, which, like we 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 had heard about it that this was kind of we were getting them. And we were quite excited. And then when I saw the word lawn, it, it diminished my excitement slightly. Mm, it did. It was like, mm, because can't fall in love with lawn players. Because I was so impressed that we had signed a quality player from foreign league. I thought, like, fair play to us. We actually got one over the line. Yeah. And then said the word lawn. Now he, he, may, he may become permanent in the end. Yeah. It sets the bar slightly though, doesn't it? It means mm. we can people could look at that and think, okay, that, I mean, good facilities. Mm. But still well, next... Rollstone Gaff could probably do a lick of paint. <laughs> it's still next in the signing and lots of potential. We don't want to put too much weight on his shoulders, but I'm um, quite excited with the signing. Deco said uh, he's digging his Ronnie. Very 80s talent. Loving a good Ronnie lately myself. Roy <laughs> Keane had a nice one for a while. It's gone now. Suit him. Looked like that strict geography teacher you had in school. <laughs> you know the one I'm on about. Um, Emma Weekly, the suggested songs both here and on social media are so fucking horrendously cringy and I can't wait to sing them. Yep, absolutely. So uh, our own Eamon Mack, he has penned his own uh, tribute song to uh, our new side of Marcus Poom to the tune of The Hole of the Moon by The Waterboys. Uh, I won't read out the whole thing. I'll just... Tell Give me the catchy bit. Just tell you the catchy bit, and that's. Uh, Give me the catchy bit. That that won't be part of it. <laughs> and it's basically like, we've got the son of Murtpoom, <laughs> son you, of Murtpoom. <laughs> You've got the son of my poo. <laughs> oh no, this this room. You can do something else. But I it. like how bad it is. Yeah, it entertains me. It is. It's terrible. <laughs> Son of my food. Look, his, mind, his brain's taking over though. Imagine singing about a player's dad. <laughs> his brain's taking over though. Um, yeah, so we uh taken uh, former Chelsea midfielder George. Am, am I saying this? Right? <laughs> He's not signing, so it doesn't matter. McCachran. McCachran. Just put Or McEatran. McEatran. I actually don't know. Is it McCack? I don't know. Listen. He's not he's not signing anyway. And they took uh, they looked at a ball playing midfielder to their trainer old squad. So former youth World Cup winner and Chelsea midfielder, so he's uh, fallen off a bit of a cliff. From our really. youth World Cup youth winner, from the yeah. youth. Um, he was he's twenty two. He's a he was a free agent. He played in that Lucan friendly. He also played for Cambor, the Dutch club that Jack Brown was at. Yeah, yeah. So so um, the weekend before last week, Lucan four 0 at Roadstone, a four second half goals, including a brace from new recruit Johnny Kenny, earns the win on our first outing in twenty twenty three. And I'm loving this new segment we have here, the Lagru Lowdown. <laughs> First half fairly uneventful, but after halftime it was fairly comfortable and dominant. Kenny looked sharp up front. Two really good finishes. Simon Power played well and could have had another goal. If he stays fit is the question. Hopefully. O'Neill and Cabo filled in at centre-back. and so O'Neill played centre-back? And some players weren't returning until Monday apparently, hence why a good few academy players played today. Corey O'Sullivan did very well, got an assist and Manus probably didn't touch the ball in the second half. So uh, good to get a few goals at the start of the year. Yeah, the 19s played the last 20 minutes. And we actually, your instinct might say, like, when they all come on, Lucan will score or the game will peter out or something. But now we actually scored a couple of goals when the 19s came on. Um, 
I was up there, met Tony Cousins briefly, and uh, he was quite chuffed with his lads that uh, they'd come on and done well. Uh, good to see Conan Noonan back as well. Conan Noonan, who briefly retired, if, if, we, if has, I'm right. By all reports, has had some of the worst luck in the world. Yeah. So, fantastic to see him back in action. Um, What else have we got, Prof? We have another... Last Saturday, two friendies at Rolston. We beat Bray 4-0 in the morning game with Johnny Kenny again. Nadrazi and Keane Cortis bagging a brace. Nadrazi hearing good things, Prof. Keane Cortis with a brace. Yep, yep. Um, Liam Bort, it's fourth goal of the game. And a 1-0 win over Cove Ramblers. Lovely, lovely lob, Prof. And now we have the um, Stafford Scout Report. Stafford Scout Report. Do, do you like um, my alliteration? I saw, yeah, yeah. I, I like what I saw today. Every time Bourne and Poom got the ball, Kenny was on the move. And although he wasn't true on goal every time, it got us 30, 50 yards up the pitch. And he was a willing runner for those 70 minutes. Kirk uh, Harris doesn't agree with me because, to be fair, he did miss a few chances today. But the kid is always in the right position or moving into the right position. If we perfect that and add it as an alternative plan to what we already do in terms of possession... We are sucking diesel. And I do believe that we are quite... the When it comes to changing how a player plays and improving them, we are brilliant at that. We've had a great track record like Pico. Um, we've so many players that we've improved as, as uh, and, and adjusted them. Finn are going to the right full. Um, I think a few little nips and tucks here and Johnny Kenny sounds like he's going to be a bit of a sign. I have to say, just the words alternative plan there is very exciting. Mm. Now, I don't mean like you're... You know those games where it's nil-nil, like a way to draw it or something, and people are shouting, like, where's the plan B? I don't mean that. I'm just talking about an alternative way of finding our strikers, maybe a different way of unlocking defences. That does excite me. And if Kenny brings that option, that's looking forward to seeing how he fits in. Absolutely, yeah, three yeah. goals in two games for him. Um, Like I said, whom the, the McAniff comparisons are there already. Um, hopefully that is the case because we've been missing the legs how often do you talk about the legs Gary? oh the legs prof get minutes um, in the legs yeah James Cook was very impressed by him he said very impressive totally comfortable on the ball and speaking of James Cook little Charlie Cook saw his first Rollers game that morning fourth so he, generations, bro. a fifth generation hoop so that's Sean's that deadly? Sean's son and James' grandson it's absolutely class absolutely class big shout out Two top class Tiffany's loyal listeners. Sligo rejected a bid from Tranmere for Kenneth. So, um, I'm not even. T- he's an afterthought at this stage. If he comes in, he comes in. If not, we move on. Prof. Rovers reached an agreement with Barnsley for Barry Cotter. My God. Do we owe the receptionist at Barnsley an apology? No, no, no. I want to know who orchestrated this deal <laughs> and sit them down and interview them and what type of masters in mind fucking that they have <laughs> how did they convince Barnsley's Barnsley to buy him they convinced Barnsley to pay us money for him money actual cash unbelievable brilliant first Just, first the horse actually runs yeah and now somebody paid us for Barry Carter actual money real money like are we living in the matrix <laughs> yeah what a club well obviously Pat's Pat's wanted him because he, he did quite well at Pat's and they loved him there but naturally we didn't want to sell to a rival so so that wasn't happening so now South Yorkshire can enjoy his failed trolls yeah yeah. Uh, Justin Fairsley he's over at Spurs at the moment he's 18 and eligible to go to the UK now what do you how do you feel about this Stafford made a great point on it but 
there's a couple of things you don't know what goes on behind closed doors and under and beneath the scenes or whatever way you want to phrase it so let's say he has an agent which is probably his dad <laughs> I'd imagine and Spurs get in touch with the dad and they say we'd like him to come training for a week right so you're thinking to yourself okay this we're talking about not going on trial anymore and if a club wants one of our players they come in and they just make an outright bid and then the war begins back and forth Whereas I think let's say the father decides right, we're being offered to train with them, he could approach the gaffer and say I wouldn't mind him going over. It could increase the stock of the player. Whereas he's been invited over, he's training with Spores. Let's say he comes back, has a successful trial, doesn't sign, but other other teams might start hearing it then, and thinking okay he w- he did well at, at Spores, and then hmm. it might snowball. You know, there's a couple it of ways. Was, it was pointed out to us that Bazuni. Went over to Celtic for a little spell. It didn't do him any harm. Um, now you can imagine there's a gr- an agreement there between players like Gavin and Justin that we won't stand in his way uh, when this inevitably comes around. So it's not so much, if I do go on a rant now in a second, it's not so much at this particular one. But it's just the word trial. And also it's more, this is this is a Premier League club. So it doesn't bother me as much. Mm. But you're talking about a player who has played in the Euro- in European group stages. It's just the thought of Bit him going well. on trial. Just the thought of bring him over and have a look at him. I, do you know what? I think they don't You've even... You've seen him. Yeah, I don't think they labelled it like that. I think they labelled it as training mm. with spores. Yeah, which is fair enough. Which is a trial. So, yeah, if I do rant about it, I'm more so talking about... <sighs> Championship or League One clubs, players going on trial in the winter, in the League of Ireland off season. I just think if that keeps happening, transfer fees will never increase. At the moment, we're we are single handedly increasing transfer fees with what we've done with Bazunu and Idemo, and potentially Justin now as well. We we we're creating some sort of base level of two hundred grand, two hundred fifty grand. Bazunu was an exceptional talent and there was all those add-ons and everything. But as far as the rest of the league goes, fees will never increase as long as players keep going on trial to League One clubs. Yeah, tr- a trial to a League One club, like, for fuck's sake, man. Um, and the League One is actually, I was looking up all the players that went over. Promise is actually playing quite a lot, scoring goals, scoring some goals. Dawson Devoy, I think, is nearly in double figures with assists. Mm. Bournes gets on, plays plays every so often. McGinty is playing. It, actually, actually, a lot of them are playing ball. So, listen, I think that is that any way to kind of gauge standards? I don't know, I'm not too mm-hmm. sure. Uh, we'll talk about Kieran Cruz went to Longford. So, he is over with them now. He'll be in there with um, Victor. Victor in the middle of the park. Yep. David Snade, $42, had an article with Chris McCann and he wrote the following. This is interesting, Prof. This is well, going to clear he, a few things up. It was with multiple Irish players in England and two of them were McCann and Andy Lyons. He was having a chat to. So now he's 35. McCann had a week training with one League club two, or one League 2 club and has since been in with a side in League 1 hoping to earn a contract until the end of the season. If I can get a few months to keep me going, great. Then one more year maybe after that, he says. McCann is travelling home after being in training again, waiting for a movement in the January transfer window to potentially open up a place. For the elder statesmen like him and the squad, there are no guarantees, only hope. I'm not ready to give up. I will 
I will know when I can't do it and I won't be flogging a dead horse, he says. It's sadistic, maybe. I'm not ready to give up that feeling of pain. My body being tired after a game. I'm lucky that I don't have to keep going. I just want to. Um, Are you saying there's a chance <laughs> you could sign him back? Um, I think now that we sound poom, there's, there's, I can't see him going back. Poom. Oh, prof. <laughs> <laughs> So the Blackpool manager has been sacked already and it's Mick McCarthy going in there. How often does this happen? He steady ships, doesn't he? He's a ship steadier. How often does this happen with a League of Ireland player, a very highly rated one, and we're all thinking, oh, like, you know, you're... When they light up the league like Lions or Richie Tell and they go over. And the manager is sacked within, like, two, three weeks. And then the new one comes in and this team is fighting relegation. And then the manager comes in and he might have to play hoofball to keep them up. And then the whole reasons for signing the League of Ireland player are kind of out the window now. But in this case, at least it's Mick McCarthy. I think... Who probably, you would think, will rate Lions. Yeah, I think Lions will get away with it because of his attitude, his natural ability as well. And just the general demeanour of the kid, he's a great guy. We've spoken to him, probably, you know what he's mm. like. I think, I think that will really push him over the line. And the fact he's already had a very strong debut. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, Stephen Kenny's jumping as good a football prof. Supposedly yeah. did a Rabona. The, the attempted Rabona, yeah. yeah hit the yeah, I imagine that one then. Um, I think Stephen himself, um, current his Wikipedia badge, he only played about four first division games in the 90s. So that's as far as he went in his career. And then he was, I think at age 27, he was already manager of Longford. Yeah, I remember that well, yeah. The FAI Connect app is well worth the download. Uh, gives you all the LOI fixtures and lines for the night. It's actually crazily. Detailed, very very good app. This now you know, it's got, brilliant. Got it check, check it out. I got it. You now it can be a little bit slow with uploading scores and stuff, but baby steps. Like I mean, it's it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, Jaden's on it. Yeah, Maya is on it. You type their name into the player database because they're registered as footballers. They're on it. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, so it's all the way down the grassroots. All the way down the grassroots. Yeah, it's very very cool. I have to say. Uh, I was looking at poor brothers on it as well games they played in the FAI Cup Junior stuff and stuff like yeah, that yeah it's cool, cool. Uh, Stephen Royce was interviewed to become Stephen or to become the manager of Swindon in League 2 so Royce are looking to expand and go forward with his coaching career Liam Scales prof uh, part of the Aberdeen Cup shock losing 1-0 at 6th tier Darvel FC so look, we, we said it's like John Bosco beating Rovers <laughs> but the lad said it's like Glenn Malore beating Rovers that's sixth tier Scottish division. That's so got that to would be, be up there with the. I'm actually struggling. Biggest shock of Lens all senior time. Supremos will tell me out there. You've got League One, you've got Fourth Division, you've got Lens Senior League, and then they're like that is low. That is low. I mean, what's below the the league and the Highland it's League or something? Well, yeah, yeah, the fucking sticky toffee league, or <laughs> whatever it is. But that's oh, that's unheard of. That's a that's a shocking loss. It really is. So I was listening to a podcast today. Um, these football times are quite like that. You've probably seen some online articles from them, and they were talking about the romance of the FA Cup. Obviously, it's been dwindling for years anyway. But doing away with replays, I quite liked because most of those guests they tend to be forty or over. So they're talking about some famous third round shocks and stuff. But they're talking about the the non league clubs. What it meant, they knew that they knew going into the tie, that if they just held the Premier League club to a draw, then they can bring it back to their ground. Yeah, yeah. Or the replay is in the Premier League ground. 
And just that achievement of a draw and that carrot and the stick of that draw. And now by just going straight extra time or penalties, you lose that bit of magic. And I, I totally agree with that. Definitely, yeah. Because you, know, like, you could either take the payday and move it to their ground and get mm. a massive payday or you could I genuinely think you're going to make it tough for them in your little toy pitch. Another point they made was that, um, because you, you tend to only get a couple of replays uh, and then they're midweek so say the Tuesday or the Wednesday and so so say like in the third round you've whatever how many dozen ties some some interesting stories could get lost uh, because there's so many matches on but when the replays goes to Tuesday or Thursday as your man said on the podcast Wednesday night under the lights a cup replay oh. potential shock it was kind of it was exciting wasn't it, it is it's cool definitely totally agree with you man um, still are the Tims a podcast by Paul Arkin their most recent episode looks back on Hoops v Hoops Rovers v Celtic 1986 Euro King props this is top of the list for the next podcast listen absolutely um, uh, I listened today actually the fact that um, someone else has done a podcast on a Rovers match is deadly yeah it features um, see Fed and Morham send us this because he, he was a guest on it uh, features by the way the longest Aerosmith intro of all time hold in on, the podcast hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want to miss a thing. No. Uh, no. Walk this way, run DMC. Yeah. I believe it went on for 18 minutes. No. This intro. 18. That's an exaggeration. I'm exaggerating, but <laughs> Garrett, at one stage I thought my phone had accidentally turned on Spotify or something. I'm like, how is this still Yeah, playing? you're looking at it you're like, am I on the right song here? Did I switch it by accident? Did it go Aside from wrong? that bizarrely long intro, it, it was a great, uh, it was about 40 minutes. Uh, Fadim was fantastic as usual. His memory is unbelievable. Talking about the two legs, Milltown, about 18,000. You've heard players speak about that game before. We we should have won the game and they scored late on. Packy Bonner made unbelievable saves for them. Then the return leg, we had a couple of injuries. Um, they, we were beaten 2-0. And I've heard John Byrne describe that as more of a jolly up than actual game, the second leg. Okay. But um, yeah, worth listening. We'll move on to more transfer news. Sam Bone has joined Maidstone. You know, I'm guessing that's local to him, is it? That's, that's to him. where his family call home. Ah, okay. So he was born in Malaysia, as we remember from the podcast. Um, but that's more of his home, yeah. Maidstone. Um, by the way, Garrett, we have Darren Dillon on later. Talking Bill. Big strong man. Talking Bill, uh, Kickstart Fitness and yeah. gyms. We have questions from the East End came back. Trevor Clark has come back from the cl- to the club. Hashtag content. We just talked about Sam Bond. I'm getting very 2017 vibes here, are you? Don't do it. Very let's 2017 let's vibes. Let's not get back to that. <laughs> terrible time. The end of terrible time. Jake Mulraney signed for Pats from Orlando. So, Prof, he was kicking it up in Atlanta. Chilling out in Orlando. Now he's an inch core. Yeah, Pats fan of work was bragging to me about this. He was saying, did you see who we signed? <sighs> I'm not um, um, like th- this was a bit of an issue not an issue people were talking about it saying that we could have went from and we could have done with a fullback but fair enough if we signed them we'd probably be singing his praises the way we are with Poom but I don't know I mean mm-hmm. he was put down to the B team in Orlando um, I don't know I don't know. I, I, he's obviously I, a very good player yeah, if he I don't think he's ever been anywhere near the Ireland squad though has he I think 21's was, did he, I think mm-hmm. he played for 21's did you see his salary in Orlando yeah crazy money man Crazy money. Kelleher throwing the money around. 
And right. we get we get demonized for having a good budget, which is <laughs> the the baby of a success. Like that's the, that's how you you go forward as a club. You you make money, you you spend money, like and that's mm-hmm. it. But like their wage bill is, must be massive with Owen Doyle and Forrester and Mulroney on the cards. Those are three heavy hitters. I honestly, I never see Gallagher mentioned in a negative light yeah. from other clubs. But and we, if that, if you want to mention Sugar Daddy. That is a sugar daddy. We signed Johnny Kenny on loan. It's like, oh, Dermot Desmond helping out robbers with his Celtic. Money laundering. Now, we'll just just explain that there is no sexual favours involved in these sugar daddy accusations. Mm -hmm. That is... Okay, there's no sexual That's sugar daddy. We got uh, notches in the bedpost. (laughs) Uh, What was the other one? Uh, Well, don't do robbers under 14 to win the Crumlin Cup. We're doing a lot, Prof. They're coming to the hotbed. They're taking over. Taking our cups. And we signed Savannah McCarthy for the women's team. Yeah, another coop. Um, she signed from Galway. That was her last club. Kerry Native. We got another Kerry Native now in the ranks. She could. Uh, she withstood the, the temptation. Would she have got Mount Hawk Park? Would she have got that question right? Mount Hawk Park. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-five-year-old uh, senior Ireland international, described um, as one of mm. the best defenders in the country. Uh, report from the Echo on January 12th Prof a hat-trick by Glenmore Rovers Jamie Doyle was the highlight of a 5-star performance from the side as they resumed league football after the Christmas break with a 5-0 win over Arthur Griffith a Lucan team Prof Arthur Griffith FC in Sacred Heart Talent reports John Mooney Rovers moved to the top of the UCFL Division 3 section with this win and in the process sent a message to everyone in the competitive section that they are forced to be reckoned with Prof so uh, Jamie Doyle X Rovers Mincing it up in the UCFL. Is he the star of this team? Is he? Yeah, uh, without a doubt, without a doubt, yeah. And they're top of the league. So, like we said, Walkerstown Park. Check them out. Watch their socials. Get down and support the boys. New Astro pitch at Sean Walsh Park beside the stadium as well, Prof. That's that's a bit of a development, is it? Is that a little patch just? Oh, I don't know. That'd be stadium. great. Realistically, mm. that should that'd be a great training. You sometimes center, see kids play. Imagine there, you just you? kind of bulldoze the hills. Dug it all up and made a massive big training centre. It'd be great. You're right beside your stadium there, you know. Uh, on that note, on, on uh, Tala, something I never knew. Shamrock Rovers won the Tala person, although we're not a person, won the Tala person of the year award in 2011. And here's the interesting one. In 2009, Thomas Davis won the Tala person. <laughs> Of the year Should award. Have gave solo, that's <laughs> the it. year we moved to Tala, Thomas Davis won the 2009 Tala Person of the Year award. It's it's an odd one, and then we one. and then I think 2011. So Sullivan's volley would have been hmm. a big uh, fixture that year. So yeah, Prof. Next up, so the 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 thing behind this was Craig Matten felt like it was going to be interesting actually. He felt that an, an interview with him could could quite be quite interesting, considering the story that you're going to hear now in the next hour or so. So, um, yeah. So here was Craig said to me, he said you should give Darren a show. I said it'd be good to get a synopsis of his time at Rovers, and you can delve a little bit deeper into why he actually left. And I just thought, mm. yeah, because he was a bit of a figure at the time. People, I mean, were- five years. In that regime, that's you'd have a lot to say. When we spoke about that, I was like, I can't believe it's been five years. It's it's five full on solid years of success as well, and some controversy. So we delve deep into it, and here we go. Here is Darren Dillon. Right, so we are back here at Kickstart Fitness. It's a blast from the past. It's Gary P here with Darren Dillon. So Darren, you're very welcome back on the podcast. We've had you on before. 
Thanks, Gary. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So it's a bit of a throwback now. We're going to talk about your time as Rovers S&C coach. So we'll go back to where it all began. First appointed as strength and conditioning coach at Rovers 2016. So how did it materialise and who made first contact? I mean, the likes of you growing up at Bradzer and in around the same area growing up, am I right? Um, no, actually, I'll tell you, it was more... So so, so Bradzer's, I think... Uh, 10 years younger than me, what was he, 36, 37? Brad, yeah, he's gone, he's a couple of years older than me, he's 27 now. Yeah, this 27, stage, yeah. so that puts him, so I'm 48 today, so I'm, four, so I'm 11 years older than Stephen, so um, in actual fact, I remember him as a kid going away, and I remember the lads in the estate talking about, um, you know, that he was after going and signing for Arsenal and stuff like that, but I would have been um, very familiar with, and in some cases friends with some of um, his wife's family. Mm. and uh, he, he, she would have a brother on that. So it was more so out of the blue. No, actually, I, I'd, been, I'd been working with... Graham Gartland had brought what was then air under 12s down to me for a period of time to do some stuff on the TRX. And then after that, then, um, when Dave and Jerry were managing, I think, the under-19s, Stephen might have been in the background, and, and they had them up here on a weekly basis working with me. Um, and then when when Pat, when the transition happened from Pat to Stephen, um, it was initially Shane Robinson that came down to see me uh, to have a conversation about would it be something I could I could find time for and, and, and get involved in. And I was obviously a Taliban and, and Rovers fan, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'd love that. Followed up then, Stephen, um, Bradley, Stephen McPhail, Damien Duff and Glenn came down to see me. And, uh, so they sent the heavies down. Sent the heavies down, yeah, yeah. They brought a good looking MacFail and heavy hit a duff down to, to seal the deal, you know. So that was it, yeah. And look, like I said, was there much convincing because your schedule was already tight running Kickstarter? You're trying to bring this fitness empire to talent, and was there much convincing? And did you have to do much shifting around as regards to your own schedule? Yeah, um, I took a couple of days to to think about it because I knew. Uh, it would take over my life, you know. Because I, I, I tend to be, I tend to be that way. If I go for something, I tend to go all in on it. So I was aware that it would it would take over my life. But I had a great a great little team underneath me here at Kickstart um, that I knew would also elevate and and, and step up. But uh, took a couple of days, um, spent a few days reaching out to friends of mine, mentors, sort of here and in other countries around the world that were in that space. Because I'd never professionally walked you know, full-time in an environment uh, such as Rovers. So you'd always been your own boss, you could yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I, I was somewhat unemployable in the sense that I always wanted to lead and always wanted to, to, to do it my way. Um, and I knew it wasn't going to be quite like that yeah. under, under, under the lads. So a little bit of humble point, uh, park the ego for a little bit and, and get involved in what I hoped at that time and what after listening to the plan that the lads had in place, and I tell you, um, it was a good shout because I knew by the plan and the men that were sitting in front of me that it, we were going to go somewhere. We were going to do something together. See, this was all new for Stephen Bradley as well. This was his first step from working with pretty much kids in a, an academy prospect to going into first team, the biggest job in Irish football. So that was obviously daunting for him. How daunting was it for you to this flagship operation, you could say? How daunting was it for you and did you have let's say goals as well for what you wanted to do with this project i shit myself for three days basically <laughs> am i allowed to say that sorry yeah cars <laughs> walk away uh so I, i'm not gonna lie um i i i, I yeah I, I didn't sleep great 
be honest with you, because uh, I, 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 knew, I knew that I would have a lot of learning to do quickly. I'd never, as I said, been you know so connected to, to something at that level. But, I, but in terms of aspirations and goals, I want to be strength conditioning coach for Ireland Republic, the, the international team. I'd like to spend some time in rugby at the elite level. And um, I'd like to spend some time, you know, on the dark side of GAA at some point, just for the experience. So yeah, um, that's that was probably the ambition. Yeah. And as a change for the norm for me, your usual. So your day would consist of classes and mentoring people and speaking to people about their fitness and trying to make them better people. How different was it making that transition to footballers? Are they a different breed than your re- average regular Joe who'd come to the gym? From a performance level, yeah, but now on the other side of it, because they're, they're good men, yeah, good ambitious men. Um, some of them with a hell of a lot of experience. If you think of who we brought in in that first year, you rolled in Ronan, um, David McAllister, Paul Corry, uh, Simon Madden was here, Webby was here. You know, there was a bunch of really skilled, really good professionals that. I also knew I can't come at these lads with bullshit. I need to have me ducks lined up yeah. and have a plan, like you know. So. Um, but ultimately, now everybody needs everything when it comes to performance, whether that's performing in daily life or whether it's actually geared towards peaking on a Friday night. It was, was just, it was a case of ripping up the playbook and starting from scratch, or did you tinker with the structures that you had in place? So you would have obviously things that you think work in the in Kickstart and for your regular your your regular customers. Did you think that you had to change it because they're athletes? Is that something that you had to do? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. General population, obviously, because. You know, general population will need different specific work outside of your traditional sort of compound work that you yeah. do. Um, so from from a from the point of view of periodizing our week or periodizing each quarter of the season, let's say, um, yeah, we, we, we would have a, a, a cycle. You know, so that was hugely different, and I needed support from outside of my mindset, and I knew I needed to grow, especially when I got on the pitch. I'm where I think back to some of me, me first sessions that I done on the pitch with the boys. I actually don't even want to talk about. It. Um, I think uh, they were such good lads, and the staff wanted me to succeed so much that they were brilliant in how they handled it. But now knowing them and how they handled it, what they were doing was I'd say they had their face in their hands initially, thinking right, we need to get around this fella. But they were they were amazing. They never made me feel like I was doing anything wrong. They never made me feel like I was clueless, even though I probably was in some areas. Um, was there ever a little a pull on to the side and say, "Listen, we're not happy yeah, with this, so yeah. we need to tinker here"? Like, absolutely. And that. obviously, heads would you'd butt heads with people because you're yeah. the fitness professional, and you'd yeah. have coaches coming to you yeah. saying, "I don't think that this is okay for our guys." Would you come back and say, "Okay, well, I'm the yeah. SNC guy," you well, know? Not from an ego point of view, but 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 we, I mean, we banged heads right up till my last day at the club. Yeah. And and Stephen, so in hindsight, looking back at Stephen, and this is what really really struck me in my mind obviously he's 10 10 11 years younger than me but when i look back to the group that came in to have a chat with me so Stephen mcphail absolute ireland legend damien duff i mean i'm trying to focus on this meeting i'm having with these lads yeah i'm thinking about the world cup and <laughs> thinking about saipan i'm thinking about duffer's literally sitting there and he's in rossfield and tallow i don't know if he knows um, you know, there wouldn't be many people from outside of the area that would be coming in and out just willy-nilly, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the team that he built around them, and they're all still there, by the way, obviously me and Damien aren't, um, it was incredible, really. So I think he brought what he felt was 
the best people for the job in, regardless of whether they were going to be strong characters, button heads, disagreements and stuff like yeah. that. And we had tons of them. But in that environment, if you're not having arguments, you're not growing, you're not challenging each other, you're not maintaining standards, you know, sloppiness creeps in. And, and, and I was guilty of it on, on many occasions when I'd be trying to juggle the gym with the family and the... You know, and everything else. So. I think it'd be different if everybody was passive and head down and just getting getting it done. Whereas well, it's good to kind of have people button heads at yeah, times like well, that. We wouldn't be still champions. You yeah, know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. There we go. But when Brad's took over as an inexperienced youth coach, I mean, he's taking on. We spoke mm. about the biggest job in Irish football. What were your first impressions of him as a coach and the vision he had for the club going forward? So when you think about it, he had to totally rip up everything that was in place because it was a toxic time for the club. We were coming from a bad place. So he had to come in and have this, he obviously had visions of what he wanted to do and how he wanted it to pan out and it's worked out in the end, but did you notice anything, him as a coach and the vision he had going forward, did he convince you or did his plans, how impressive were they that he had gone forward? Honestly, at the start I thought it was sloppy as fuck and I'll tell you why and what I mean by that, right? And I didn't know what was going on in the background, I hadn't been involved, so I didn't really know what that what the level of transition was hmm. I only because the first thing I done when I came in was I asked could I take a month off the holidays so take their annual leave first thing the basically game. the first thing the players had to hear about this fucker coming in was he wants to take a month off your holidays because I so talk to me about that would that have been the early pre-season start in December or which way would yeah, you yeah because yeah. they start early in pre-season so that's continuing that on now still there yeah. yeah Um. so and that's what I say is ethos so when, when I looked at it first and, and I had a look at the, the current, because what they were doing, I thought, so you're telling me the league finishes up maybe late November. We hadn't been to a cup final. So, it, oh, sorry, late October. Yeah. Okay, if you're in the cup final. Early November, yeah. Early November. So at that point, we hadn't been there. So I was looking at this schedule that was finishing late October and we don't see them again until the 6th of January. Nah, man, I thought that was just miles off, like, you know. And so I asked Stephen, would, I, would it be okay? And he says, whatever you need to do, you go ahead and just do it. I'll back you, the staff will back you. Ever. I said, okay, I want to take a month off the holidays. Bring them in in December. We'll do strength work only in the gym. Because we never get a month to put a linear program in place to focus on strength, mobility, power and speed. So no footballs? No footballs. No footballs. Is the players' union coming to meet you over this No, now? they were brilliant. You know? And obviously Pico come in, who's now... The flagship for the for the, for, for Stephen and that in yeah. the union, um, but now do I, I have to say, I didn't get one bit of resistance from it, and and I would assume looking back because I didn't know what the, the gaffer was saying to them, around uh, you know away from me, uh, but he was obviously supporting it 100. Yeah. percent um, So we got that month, and then the where what I'm talking about in terms that I felt it was sloppy. There was just so many players coming in different. And then one day I wouldn't see this player and he was gone. And next day two two other lads that were strangers to me were coming in. And hell yeah, I just signed for the club. And I'm like, what's going on? So here? you were thinking, I need a plan here. This I, is I too sloppy. Away. Yeah, I mean, and then even when we went up to Roadstone, bear in mind, we didn't have a pitch. We, we didn't have a pitch up in Roadstone. We were training on Cowfield once in the week. And then we were going across to Elmdale, I think it's called, Cherry Orchard's place. Right. We were using the rugby club's dressing room. I remember that. We didn't have van. It yeah. was the Astro was only getting built, um. So we was looking at all of this chaos, and I was thinking, what's going on here? Like, but were you but, thinking to yourself, make the did I jump in here in two feet? A hasty decision. No, I loved it from the off. I loved it from the off. So I wasn't thinking that, but I was just thinking we we've we got so much to do here. Like, 
you know, a challenge, I'd say. Yeah, I just loved it. My teeth were stuck in it straight away. Like It was a rocky start, though, with the whole backroom team finding their feet. Such a big club. Results not really going our way. And like we've said, you faced adversity before. You were in the haulage business, I believe, yeah. the fitness, and now your business life. Did you ever doubt your decision to take on the role? And as a, as, you know, as a family man, did you sit down with the missus and say, did you get some advice off her? Because we know that the bosses... When it comes to this, did they ever sit down and say, right, do you think I'm getting the wrong, did they make the wrong decision here? No, I sat with my dad. Yeah. And I don't mean, I mean, obviously the family. And people have different absolutely, outlets, yeah. yeah. Um, I think everyone that knows me sees there's a light in me at the moment. I'm lit at the moment around my next challenge, right? And we'll speak about that in a while, maybe. But at that time, they saw that devil in me eye you know and just get behind me i've got amazing people that have seen me and i was like that at the beginning of the haulage industry i was like that at the beginning of kickstart um i'm like that now right now and i was like that at the beginning of this so i was just lit and it was just and but i spoke to me dad about a number of different things and he just always all my life just said to me you'll know what to do kiddo you'll know what to do when it presents itself you'll know what to do and uh Go for it. Trust Jacko. Yeah, just trust yourself. So that's why, I mean, not everyone has that relationship with their father as regards to having that trust in relationship. There can be, it can be uh, tough at times. So that type of trust that he put in you must have given you a lot of confidence to go forward with what you wanted to do with Rovers. Yeah. Yeah, I only really see that now, Gary. I didn't realise it was, it was a fuel for me. I probably, I only realised that now. An unconscious thing that was happening and you just kind of. fed off his enthusiasm for me. Uh, You know, so um, we're going to talk about the results. So it's June 2018. Fast forward, you're in your stride now. You've probably got a couple of plans in place, and the the, the muscles are growing in, in the dressing room. Five two defeat to Dundalk at home. You've banners calling for Brad's head. The fans aren't happy. Did that you? One I got sent off. Could have been. Now that we're going to talk about that in a while. So uh, did you find yourself becoming more than a fitness coach, dealing with different personalities in an already under pressure? dressing room because yeah it's you cannot I, I can only understand what happens in the dressing room so I you're, wanted you're, to kill you yeah <laughs> you're on the back of a horrible defeat yeah the fans want brads yeah. are out what was it like it was hopeful yeah it was really hopeful because what i have to say and and one of the one of the many reasons i will i love the club for for forever is because of how passionate and how involved and how much everybody cares about it now, if you take that from a Friday night and the few points and the banter and the hurt and then the slagging and walk on Monday yeah. and take that from there, well, imagine walk on Monday is training the players and picking the players up and watching the manager getting slated and seeing them week to week to week walking and the staff, Glenn, Jose, Tony McCarthy, Mal, Jerry, John Cregan, all of us hurting like, you know. Down, all of us looking down at the floor not knowing where to look and Brad's are telling us to get our fucking heads up and look at him when he's talking and telling us we go again yeah. we get it we get it we go again and I'm listening at this fucker I'm thinking in my mind he was a kid when yeah. I was growing up and I'm thinking this fucker's pulling us all through this and you just wanted to die for him you were, and you got hurt then and angry then with, with our own mob if you like where we're saying come on boys like fucking give us a dig out here we know what we're doing trust it trust it trust it and, but, but we had to trust it was it a case of thinking this is this is ultimately our fault? Results aren't going right on the pitch. Yeah, it's our fault. The fans can have their say. Yeah, but ultimately we're the ones who are responsible for the results on the pitch. Yeah. So you guys kind of looked within your own group and thought we're to blame. We need to make it better. Yeah. Well, that's that's to be, that's to be, that's. To be, that's, to be fair, Gary, that's all we done. Yeah. 
there was one night we got beaten by Bowes at home and I took the players out for a kill down after the game and a bunch of the lads had hung back to go at the players on the pitch. Now they were looking to get over the railings, right? And I'm I'm ready to go, you know, I fucking show a few, I'm ready, I'm gonna kick to death here. But we're all going down together. But to be honest, we never he, he insulated us, you know, and, and we never really we never really paid too much attention to the outside noise. Yeah. We protected each other, we spoke together, we were going together and, and it was more building that relentless drive forward, it's done, we can't fucking do anything about it and I'm talking players going at each other, staff going at each other, real rows like, real yeah. deep conversations, real heavy stuff like, I've never seen anything like it in my life like, it's very unique you know, um, and we didn't know we, we, we were gonna we, we, we believed we were gonna be successful. You couldn't do what we were doing and not eventually be successful. Yeah. But would you give them the time was the question. That's the thing. That's we, the we that's didn't know. Exactly the issue I, my big thing with football nowadays is that uh, managers don't get enough time. And I think it, the case was with the current board that they wanted Bradza to have the job no matter what. They were like we apparently one of the quotes was we get relegated and still be there. Yeah. Now, I don't know how how true that is, but they wanted to give him a chance. We'd been through Crawley, we've been through yeah. Fennin, we've been through an awful time with sacking managers and just not working. I think it was a case of give him the chance, give yeah. him the platform, and ultimately it's worked out. But we're, we'll talk about the how to deal with players and give us an insight into this process. So keeping our twenty footballers happy at any given happy at any given time. Did you and the football department discuss how you would approach certain situations? So I'd imagine it was a case of the carrot and the stick. So let's say you have some one of the players, he might have a bit of an issue and he could be having a few drinks and certain things like that. How would you approach, would you come together as a collective? If you notice something in the dressing room and if someone wasn't unhappy, would you consult the other backroom staff first? Do you know what I mean? Surely yeah. there's, with over 20 footballers present in the, in the dressing room, there's bound to be issues. Ah, absolutely. Uh, like... So, I learned a really early lesson on that, and the real challenge for me, it was very difficult for me in one sense, because <clears throat> I spent a huge amount of time with the players. I, I, I think I probably spent more time with the players than any of the other coaches. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I suppose, coming from where I'm coming from, what you see is kind of what you get, and the players seem to warm to that. And I started to see their characters and I see their struggles yeah. and their injuries, their disappointments, their ups and their downs. So I really started to fall in love with it, with the group. And 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 then on an individual basis, um, I'd go for coffees with them, have chats with them, they'd reach out to me and stuff. And um, and they knew I always was honest and open with them in terms of, here's why I want you to do this. I'm not just getting them to do stuff just for fucking... Uh, you You're know. not just giving them a plan, no, a programme, no, here, go on, No, do no, no. I, I, I it's tailor-made. I wanted them to know why they were doing what they were doing. Yeah. And then on the pitch then, and let's say we scored from a set piece, just to use it as an example. Let's say we saw a score from a set piece and we'd spent three, four weeks walking on power on the legs, whether it be squatting, lunging, whatever, jumps, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. I'd make sure the player realises, relate that back to the walk you'd done those days where you were sore. There's your goal, there's your reward. We won 1-0. Clear header off the line, clean sheet. We won that game because of you doing that walk with it in the gym, yeah. and the players started to see and trust me. So they're buying into it. Yeah, big time, like you know. And I think they did from the off because they gave me a month off the holidays. Like all those lads, a lot yeah. of them aren't at the club now. Um, but then on the other side, uh, I dealt with one issue with players no longer at the club. He didn't last long at the club. Um, he reached out to me, needed to dig out with something. I done it. 
Um, and then I tried, and then and then the manager came back to have a chat with me about going forward. Here's how I want you to deal with that situation. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, and then from that day on, anything um, that was going on that could be in any way counterproductive to the progress we were, we were making and the unity of the group as a collective um, had to be discussed in the in the office in the morning. I oh, totally. Do you know what? It's 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 refreshing to hear that because yeah. everything has to be communicated, all yeah, crystal yeah, clear. Yeah. yeah. There was no, nothing was off limits in terms of discussions. Yeah. You know, and I mean nothing, you know, so some days that can be hilarious, some days that can be scary, yeah, some yeah. days that can be, am I all right here? And other days it can be, it can be just mind blown in terms of the level of detail we were paying attention to. Yeah. And they still pay attention to, you know, everything was on the table in the office and then we'll decide how to go and deal with Um, And to be fair, we had autonomy to express our own characters you know our own characteristics so but coming from it had to be within our ethos of how we handle things yeah, yeah. so there was clear guidelines on how you wanted to go crystal forward clear. and it worked obviously yeah, so you roll more more into more say a coach a mentor you get involved in warm-ups on the bench you didn't get sent off did you ever get tempted to recommend the sub or change the tactics to the gaffer in the heat at the moment because this is something that the fans were, had you an issue all, with. You all gave out about me. They all, no, it was. It wasn't more did. so that you were doing warm ups yeah. or like that. It, the, from what I heard and you know yeah. your ears to the ground with fans is that they were they felt like you were on the bench and you were making an impact and you yeah. were you were having. Now that's the that's what it was. So we'll yeah. touch on that and. Yeah. Was there ever a time where like we had Ray Whelan and Ray the chef Ray mm. on and. Uh, Ray Whelan Senior was saying that he was on the bench and he was telling them to press, and it was nah, just it was just nah, an automatic nah. an automatic nah. reaction for him. Like and Brad's, I looked at nah, him, gave him the look. Nah. Was it ever a case of uh, you were you felt like you were overstepping the mark? No, no, and I'll tell you what, I it, it was my role to warm the players up yeah. on the pitch because I get the bodies mobile, get the heart rates activated, and get in their heads. You know, in terms of terminology we use. I had one word that I used with the players all the time was relentless. Just yeah. relentless, 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 relentless. That's it, across the board. I never gave one single piece of tactical advice because I was clueless. Yeah, I was yeah. a fan and I thought I knew football. But you go in around these guys and you just think, I just need to shut the fuck up here because I'm actually miles off from a tactical There's levels, isn't there? Oh, there's like levels. you think as, as a football fan, you watch the game it's and so telly, different, Gary. and then you have an intricate chat with the likes of these people, and you're just thinking, "Wow, <laughs> it's, it's listen, it's <laughs> embarrassing." I thought here's a funny one for you. I actually thought I could play football. Like I won leagues with with local amateur teams. I played at teams, and I come in, and these fuckers put me in the middle of a rondo and, and just take the piss out. Of me, right? <laughs> but but what I'll say to you on that is this, because I, I remember that time, and I remember looking, and I've took it so personal because I loved the club, I loved the players. And and, and and yeah, it can be a hot head. But anyone came there, I got sent off because some uh, I think it was O'Donnell fucking pushed the gaffer. Yeah. And I remember that a little bit, at yeah. That po- at that point I left off the bench and said, Hey, get your fucking hands off him like. Yeah, yeah. Um and then players all and then I find myself in the middle of this embarrassing national fucking thing. On the te- I mean, my uncle Stephen, who was a Rovers fan, cookies mate. Oh, yeah, yeah. He texts me that night saying, This isn't the image there for the club, like. Mm. And I was devastated. I was fucking, you know, I really let myself down that night. But what it was, that's me protecting me mates. Yeah. And then on the other side of that, whenever you see me jumping up off the bench, I'm telling players, Recover, breathe, recover, breathe. Uh, rest with the ball. So you're looking from a physical perspective. Oh, you're thinking, okay, he's set wrong. He's not doing this right. Oh, it's not football. Yeah, you're thinking just, just, how their body should be shaped. Just calm. Yeah. You know, and Stephen, 
there was little elements, and I, and, and I hope this is okay, but fuck it. Uh, like, there's little elements of, you see me having a crack off a fourth official. I'm not saying that was my job, but who who's best to get sent off there? Me or the gaffer or Glenn yeah, or Stephen? Maybe so, me, yeah. Me, You're no the sacrificial lamb. Me, no problem. <laughs> because we needed to be aggressive. People were taking the piss. You know, people weren't taking us serious. People thought we were a handy touch. We were young coaches. We were... Whatever they thought, but they were wrong. Yeah. You know, and we were coming at this thinking, we're fucking coming for you. It's all yous. Yeah. All yous. We don't give a fuck who he's are, you know? We'll so, move on to 2019. Yeah. So that's Darren Dillon, coach and protagonist, <laughs> you could say. The cup win, right? So, so talk to me about the week in the lead-up to the game, right? Was it business as usual, or did you have different sessions now in the final? Was on the horizon. Did you, Taylor, make the session for the cup final, or was it just, we, we continue? Um. Yeah. We had a lot of injuries in that week where we were nursing players through, uh, you know, players who would, Wrapping who them would be starting. Yeah, so, and I'll never forget that week, Gary, for the rest of my life. Yeah. I'll just never, ever, and nothing, nothing, I'm not going to lie, the first league win didn't live up to it because there was no fans. Right. And I was thinking for the second league win, I want to I wanna be there with the fans, you know, and the second league win didn't live up to it. Right, I have to say that, you know. The cup, yeah. Yeah, the cup, because we stayed out in Carton House. Um, that was the only thing that was different, really. Uh, we stayed out in Carton House, and what we wanted to do was take the pressure off the players. So, myself and Glenn would be the ministers for banter in the group. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> minister and, and, of banter. Right, and we'd also be the fucking set-up merchants. You couldn't trust us as far as you could throw us. Right. And the players would keep their eye on us and, and what have you. So, it might be... So, it was an element of that, that week. You know, relax. Um, and we stayed out in Carton House, and... We, it was amazing. The the board, Jonathan and uh, all all the board, James, um, they were there and they put together. They had reached out. Stephen Mack, I think it was, had reached out to all the players' families, I think, and spoke to them. And we all got messages from our families, and we got. And it was a, it was it was it was a rally cry. It was like a, a call to arms. Like yeah. it was just fucking tremendous. And we left on that coach, and that coach drive, and they wouldn't let us go through Rings End. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't let us go down through rings out. And the boys it was the coppers, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, I'm not too sure to be yeah. honest, but all I remember is that um, yous were all down in rings end, and and we were seeing videos of it, and the players were looking at it, and we had this ritual as we approach an away game. I'd sit on the front step of the coach, uh, and we'd put on the foggy dew as yeah. we're approaching every away stadium, and and the bus would just go silent. Yeah. Uh, and as we're driving towards the stadium, my cousin Fred, Fred Kyo, him and his kids used to come to all their games, and it was a great bonding thing. For anyway, um, and as we turned and approached the stadium, there's my cousin and his sons, and and just the wall of green and white, and the foggy dew was on, and the hairs in the back of my teeth that's standing up, and I'm like, fuck it, come on, boys, like I'm yeah. off the couch and. There was a calm assurance about us. I knew we were going to get... I, I thought... I felt we were going to win that game. Like, you know? Yeah. I felt we were in Dundalk's heads. Like, you know? Because they'd known for a couple of years we were coming for them, you know? Aaron Mack, move on. Aaron Mack scoring the penalty. We thought the game was over. Duffy then buries the equaliser. So describe the contrast of emotions. You felt in those two moments. <laughs> Can you imagine how you felt? Yeah. Devastating. Um, when we... When... when Macca scored the penal. I never doubted, and it was a fucking million percent penalty, by the way. And yeah. it was, I never doubted Aaron was going to score. Aaron's one of the best lads, uh, best men I ever spent time with in my life, and best athletes, the whole lot. So I knew he was going to score, and I just thought we were going to kick on. 
I thought they would have collapsed at that moment. Yeah. But then I'm like, when they scored, I was thinking, oh, fuck, like, you know. But again, nothing changed. Nothing changed on the bench in terms of shape or any of that tactical yeah. stuff. I didn't hear them. I didn't hear that change. And, and, and it was just a case, right, just get it across the line here. Just get it across the line. And one thing that I'll say, we go back to the re- relentless thing. I just felt we were more relentless than them. Yeah. You know, and, and whether that's extra time, whether that's penalties, I just felt we just had that little bit more, you know, and then Joey steps up, like, and Gary O'Neill steps up. And we're talking about the, yeah, yeah, yeah I think I mean, we have Gary O'Neill stroking home the winning penalty here, so the days after the cup win, like, the rest of the football department, did you have a moment together? Or maybe a meal with everybody, and you could just talk to yourself, yeah, lads. We're on the tree. Yeah, <laughs> who are you telling? We're on the cusp of something special here. Yeah, is there somewhere you just thought? Did, is there a moment where you looked around and you just thought, "This is this is it. We're on we're on the cusp of greatness here." I felt that Gary the, the night the game. I think if I'm not mistaken, the game that we were talking about where I got sent off. I think that was the EA Sports Cup final, was it? Oh God, I'm, I think it might. I have to look back on it. I felt it that night. I felt that there was something special about us that night. Now, we were devastated for about four days after that. Yeah. And I let me everybody down. But I felt like, wow, all in, one in. You know, all yeah. in, one in, together. Like, don't fuck with us. Don't, wear, don't, we're not, don't think you're coming up to Tala and you're going to walk out of here without a scrap at least. Yeah, right? yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah. in the game. So I felt at that time. But that night, we obviously went back to the ball, didn't we, all of us? Um, and, and to be honest, I was shattered that night. I was shattered with emotion, emotionally. But that being said, I was singing the rattling bog for the fifteenth time in the morning, <laughs> three o'clock in the morning. Um, but now we had a we had a really good we had a really good celebration together, and we knew we knew uh, when we came back across the players again. Obviously, they had to have a bit of time off. We knew that was it. It was done. Done. Then a couple of days celebrating, and then we got to spend time with you. In the Abo, uh, down yeah. in and I loved the man. I was never involved in that like that in my life, you know. And um, but I knew when we came back, we didn't really talk about it too much then. Stones dusted. Move on. It was done. Move on to the next one. We wanted yeah. to win the league then, you know. So 2020, the incredible and invincible season. So memorable moments: three-two win at home to Dundalk. We four-nil tonking of the Mountain Oriel. And um, how did you cope as a person having to adapt? to remotely training the squad and Coburn in general. Now, that must have been a challenge. That's something that you've never experienced before. I think cha- yeah, I, t- I think it changed me for a period of time and it changed uh, everyone. Obviously, I, don't, I think we're still calculating the, the effects on our psyche yeah. collectively as a, as a country. Yeah. As, as All around the world, I suppose. But it was fucking very difficult. Like I'm not going to lie. We had a period of real insecurity where... We were due to play Finn Harps on the 13th of March, and right up till the day before the game, the doc, uh, Alan Bourne, at the time was um, was was brilliant for us, you know, and he he was keeping us in the loop. And then I came I came off the pitch from training the players, uh, and I came down to me gym. I got word that the country was about to shut down, and I came down to me gym and got me staff around and told them that we're closing from tomorrow. And uh, we we so I mean there was that period of time afterwards where you couldn't come outside a couple of kilometers or something like that. And yeah, you did five kilometer radius. We, we 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 what do we do here? I mean the gaff and all of a sudden you see these people that are in your house as well, and you're like, really? Is that how you go on all the time? And, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. looking at me, and I became, I got fucking, I'm not used to that, like you know, and uh, I'd have a rocker up my arse half of the time, and that. 
that that wasn't good like you know and then we got word that football was coming back after a period of time and we were going to start training again and you know what it's only i forgot about this you know and it's only that you're asking me there wasn't a player that didn't wasn't on that screen every time with the laptop would go on um and and realistically what we were doing it was fucking you know we didn't have great equipment out to the players we didn't have anything heavy anything really significant enough to affect our bodies but we had something going on with our heads that kept us engaged kept us with each other you know we could see each other and we were laughing and joking and stuff but i ran a couple of sessions a week for them on zoom and uh yeah we just adapted and and pivoted and and away we went you know that actually leads into the next question is that because your bread and butter will be dealing with people mentally Mm. quite as well and that would be a big part of everything that you do so that must have been a struggle like you said it helped being able to see people online and and, on zoom calls but that probably was a big factor in helping people get through yeah COVID and mentally the whole mental side of things yeah i think we all did a bit didn't we think so you guys on the podcasts i mean my podcast awareness went through the roof during that time um you know uh zoom classes that my staff here done for for our clients i couldn't do it i, I just not couldn't sure, do it yeah. i'm fucking old you know <laughs> blowing out my arse jumping around doing jumping jacks on a computer and trying to talk at the same time so the, the lads kind of carried the can here and i focused on the players um and and it got me through it no doubt about it, it got me through it but i but i I struggled as well, I did, I'm not going to lie, I struggled, yeah. there was moments where I didn't want to do it anymore, you know, I wanted to break out, I fucking, you know, I broke the rules, maybe, once or twice, you know, maybe more, um, and, and, and I did, I struggled, yeah, like everything else, yeah. So, 2021, restrictions are back, and we're playing with behind closed doors, but pre-season, so who got fined for tipping the scales? Pre-season, uh, have we any, uh, any anyone, yeah? <laughs> Uh, no, um, Everybody came back in good nick. No, they were good. They were good. They stay ready, like you know. Yeah. And we have we we, I ha- we so the players we always kind of track their bodies and and they track their bodies every day. So there was no period of time really where there was you know just rinky dink rovers like you know just yeah. go and fucking do what you want and then you come back. No, we stayed in the loop all the time and uh, communication was really high level. Um and and no they were they were good they were good yeah, yeah. came back all all Not stayed ready up, as well but yeah. we'll move on to something about chatter online and there was always something people talk about you being on the on the mm. sideline but there was chatter online saying that sometimes you push them too hard and we had a couple of injuries mm. a couple of injury plague spells and they what were your thoughts on that now a lot of people thought they kind of pushed the players too hard and mm. this is now considering that this is all internet chatting yeah, yeah. I don't think they have the the qualifications to kind of make those yeah those accusations but what would you say to that that do you reckon we had a couple of injury plague spells yeah was there ever a point where you thought am i pushing them too hard no but we discuss it every day a muscle injury i'd be sat down what we doing how do we prepare on one side of it you have to break eggs to make omelets right yeah so if you're performing at an extremely high level and then you factor in schedule and you factor in a couple of injuries, all of a sudden the squad becomes quite thin of starting players, yeah. players that can get us through Finn Harps, get us through Derry, get us through them over the far side, get us through all of that sort of thing. Um, and then, like I said, we train how we play, like, you know, so we were kind of, training was fucking intense. Okay, so they train like a match, yeah. Training was at an intense, there was a lot of players vying for places and to keep jerseys, and we didn't have that competitive element running through it. 
we wouldn't be champions. Yeah. So then, if you have a finely tuned athlete, or yeah, if you have a finely tuned athlete, he's at breaking point constantly because he's tuned to the highest level. And, and and you can't just keep going till you lift a gaff or you beat Usain Bolt or yeah. you fucking jump through the score. You can't. At some point, you arrive at the ceiling, and that's where we want them. And that edge in training, and then that edge rep- uh, translates and correlates to how we act on the pitch. So you'd see someone, not as the finished product, but as someone you'd be extremely happy with at the time. You'd be like, okay, we're doing really well with this yeah. person. Yeah. And there's not from? much more to do. There's a few fine-tuning here and there. Yeah, maintenance, exactly, yeah. Well, we'll skip forward to the end of 2021. So there's another title in the bag, 19 title, and the backroom staff. Did you come together and think, what you're just saying now, is it maintenance, or can you be creative and move forward and come up with some more different ideas is that the year we played Milan it would have been that would have been behind closed doors yeah Milan so it would have been the 20 during Covid yeah so going, going with that one in the bag is there did you think to yourself can I be a little bit more creative here and do you ever think I'll let loose and I'll try something new or would you go and try and trust it um, good question right and I'll tell you why I refer to the Milan game we watched Milan closely that night we spent time with right. like Maldini and Leonardo Ibrahimovic fucking uh, yeah I'm from Jonestown and I'm like <laughs> I mean if this wasn't on the telly you couldn't tell anybody this but what I'm getting at is this we looked at them that night we started to talk about next season that night now bear in mind that's usually middle of the summer isn't it Jeez, the Euro yeah. games. It would have been, yeah. And the, and the reason for that was this. It would have been July. Yeah, mid-season, we're not changing fucking nothing. We're not changing anything. And the bulk of my work in terms of their physique and their, their strength is done in December, January. Right, so once I get through that six weeks, December, January, of pure strength and heavy, 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 we don't lift heavy weights going forward and we slip to a maintenance program that speaks well to allowing them to turn up on the pitch a day or two later uh, and perform at that maximum level with the ball at their feet. It's yeah. all about getting the ball at their feet, not about getting them good in the gym. This is just another bit of, of accessory work that can give us another 5%. Yeah. Oh, sick of listening to all the talk about fucking Dundalk, this and Dundalk. That was player-driven and there was a good bunch of lads and that was grand. But we had a, play, a system in place that we didn't tweak it during the year. Like, you know, whatever about the lads tactically, I'm just talking about my stuff. And we had it, that's why you always saw the exact same warm-up exact same kill down same terminology during the year yeah, because it yeah. just comes embedded in you and this is what we do but when we watched Milan we looked at the size of our legs and how quick they were and how big they were because this this notion that you can't lift weights and be a football player is fucking ridiculous went out the window with Milan it's fucking ridiculous no I mean it went out the window when I came in <laughs> because it's ridiculous you're telling me you, you're telling me you look at Premier League players and let's say drop one down to the championship you tell me those boys aren't mobile fridges Right, and then um, they're milling each other. So you, so we wanted to get a, a physique type across the fucking pitch that you're not coming to bully us. Where it's the other way around. Right, so they bounce off us. We'll run I think in previous seasons, Dundalk had been very big and yeah. they had gotten to that level. And yeah, so they'd been bullying us a couple of times. Well, I, I tell you what, if you do it wrong, you just have fridges yeah. that aren't mobile. <laughs> So there's a systematic approach to building strength and then turning it into speed or power. Right. And that's where I came into it. Um, and then mobility and uh, biomechanics around sprints and decelerations and change of direction work. Uh, we never really fannied around with, you know, Mickey Mouse pieces of equipment like ladders and stuff like yeah. that. We didn't do any of that. Everything we did was practical to how we moved on the pitch. Oh, okay. Um, so we train how we play. And 
um, what we had was strong, mobile, durable characters. We had very few muscle injuries. Majority of what we were getting in around that period of time was fucking impact injuries. And you can't take on pitch, on, on the pitch, pitch, yeah, training, yeah, training and, and, and games. So we we didn't have. I don't think we one ACL. Trevor Clark got an ACL down in Waterford. That was impact. Yeah. And then to be fair to Trevor. Little fucker jumps up and fucking after getting his ACL, he jumps up and sprints down to the corner flag, and and even still, the level of damage done to his ACL at that period of time was a lot less than what it could have been and um, was initially force feared. Yeah. And in some sense, it was a sort of a small little benefit of the strength work Trevor had done in in the run up to that. Um, you know, so so from that point of view, I go back to your question: Did you know? Did we would we rip things up or try new things? Not necessarily, but we would. I, I would always meet with the senior players after the season and I'd ask them um, did I miss anything for them during the year did I was yeah. there any more that you were you lacking anywhere that I, was yeah. there anywhere I can get better and give you more of what you need and less of what you want you know what I mean and and those conversations would always be brilliant and we'd sit and we'd chat about it and stuff and and every year I try to bring in one new thing let's say you know and one year let's say for example there's a crowd that brings in our food Right. Initially, there was a chef in Roadstone. I sort of brought him in, and we designed the menu, and make sure there was a good, night, a good, um, proper structure around the field. Right. And then the following year, I think after COVID, he didn't come back, and we brought in a company that would deliver the field. So every week, I'd take all the players' orders, and then I'd get that across to the company. An absolute mindful. There's a lot involved. You know. Anyway, and the player then would be shouting at me, was there, there's not enough sauce in this. <laughs> I'm like, fucking, well, I didn't make it, you know what I mean? But, um, and then we brought in some testing equipment one year, and the club would back us with something that might cost a lot. You know, I brought in uh, a relationship with a company for their, for their protein drinks and recovery drinks and yeah. stuff. So each year I'd bring in a new relationship. Um, and that would be probably the most significant change. Um, I didn't need to wave new tricks. Or yeah, yeah, you were confident in your own ability as well. Yeah, to know that they were getting what they what they needed. Yeah, without showing. Well, it seemed to have worked in the end. Yeah. So we're coming towards the end of it now. We're gonna have a bit of crack here now. Yeah, and we're gonna go with uh, some quick fire questions. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna go best trainer in your time. Current or overall? Overall, your time, your reign as SNC. Does it have to be one person? It can be two, it can be one or two. Give us can it be yeah. more than ten? It, it can, they can end the whole squad, you no, can't be diplomatic about no, it. No, no, we've some fucking worst trainers right Yeah, now. that's coming. So well, go, give us best trainers, top of your what, head. I tell you what, you mentioned Aramak. Yeah. Right, my top line is probably going to be four or five, right? Right, go on. Aramak, Ronan Finn, uh, Graham Book, Pico, Lee, fucking... Just a, go, a, go, a good, yeah. Fair, right, know? give us worst. Give us worst. Worst. Ah, Dosser, let's say. <laughs> Dosser. There's one there I can see. It's on the tip of your tongue. Uh, yeah. Uh. We're gonna go on the most. Jack. Uh, Jack. Jack. <laughs> Jack. Most dedicated. Most dedicated. Yeah. All them. All them. Yeah. All them. All them. Uh, big spoofer. This this will include the football big department. Spoofer. This can be the football department. B- Jack. Jack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, biggest off season, Dosser. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Worst dressed. Worst dressed. Joey. Joey. <laughs> right, you're gonna kill me. In fairness, he came up in his communion suit to oh, the points that time. He came up with a gold pair of fucking Jordans one time, <laughs> and I just thought, no. Actually, hang on. Leon is in where some. <laughs> I met Leon in, in Mankind Bar or in Craig Borges' barbershop yesterday, uh, 
and he came in with this sleeping bag on him. And I just thought, no, Leon, come here, I'll chat to you. So it was so Yeah. Uh, class clown. Class clown, Sean Cavanagh. Sean Cavanagh? Sean Cavanagh. Uh, most competitive. Finna. Finna. Biggest appetite. Who's the grubber? Pico. Pico. Teacher's pet. Finna. Future gym owner. Pico. Pico. I had a feeling that was it. Right, so Darren, we're going to get to the nitty gritty now. You started to step down in 2022. Yeah. What happened? What was what was it such a tough decision for you and what was the reason? Um. So, a couple of different things were going on at the time. My business was struggling, heavily struggling. And I'd committed a million percent to the club and, and took me eye off the ball. And in one sense, let, let me staff down and let, let me members down and, and, and it started to reflect. So that was one thing. But in the middle of that, um, within, within my family, um, we were having, let's say, some mental health problems and, mm. and physical health problems and some real challenges around that nitty gritty stuff that began in the COVID period really you know at the very beginning of covid and that shut down and um and i was i was afraid i was afraid for for um uh, for a certain member of my family let's say yeah that's you know genuinely afraid for a certain member. i i would have still i you know unless the lads dragged me out of training ground by the ankles i would still have been there if i had of maybe shut kickstart down when i took the job yeah um but if the situation that was going on within within the family set up um had it presented itself, I still would have stepped away. I'll tell you, we 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 had two friendlies. I had done pre-season with the players, yeah. and I didn't quite feel the same when we won the second league. For some weird reason, I have this weird thing where I need to feel it in order to really be fucking. And it wasn't there. And I just felt that there was something missing, you know. Um, and and like that again, I think maybe part of me was becoming aware of my lack of presence within the problems that were going on in both spaces, whether it yeah. be family and whether it be the gym. And I was beginning to feel like I was letting people down, and I was beginning to get sloppy, and I was beginning to not be as committed as I needed to be to be to be there. And we, I, but I had begun pre-season with the players here in December, and I didn't want to bail out during pre-season. I didn't yeah. want to let them down, and and not finish the job. So I, I waited, and we began our friendlies. And we had a friendly on the day of my daughter's birthday, 23rd of January, which is next week, actually. Um, and while I was on the side of the pitch, I taught a session here in the gym. Um, I, 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 I went from here up to the training ground. We had two games that day. And it was probably 7 o'clock that night. Again, I got off the pitch and, and got out of Roadstone. And it was a long day. It was pissing rain. It was fucking... It, it was tough going. And, um, and when I... When I got back to, to my house, um, my daughter and all our friends were there having our, our 15th birthday party. Yeah. And I hadn't been part of, I'd, I hadn't done You missed anything. everything. I hadn't done anything. And it was probably the happiest I'd seen for for a while. And, and it just broke my heart a little bit. And I just thought, my dad wouldn't do this. Did, did it get you upset that she was happy and you hadn't been there? Just that... You weren't part of that? Yeah, yeah, I didn't, uh, you know, and I like to think, I'll lead this, yeah. like, you know, I, this, I'll fix this, I'll, I'll, I'll organise this, you know, yeah. and, and in reality, you know, I just felt I, I, I was paying more attention to what I was doing on the pitch and outside and 
it just, it just didn't feel right. You it know, it mean? speaks a lot about your personalities that you you give everything a hundred percent, maybe. Yeah. And to the detriment yeah. of something else. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So tell me this. We're gonna end it on this one. What's mm. the future hold for Darren Dillon? You've a podcast. Tell us about this. Yeah. And we'll be seeing you on our screens as well soon. So talk about the podcast like course. You <laughs> goggle box, right? Tell um, me about the podcast. Okay, so I, I lost uh, my best mate during the year last year in June, my dad, and it rocked me. And um, and then on the other side of that, then six months later, then my eldest daughter Kirsty had a, a a baby, Lily May, and um, another fucking girl, by the way. And, <laughs> uh, um, but uh, I've spent my last six months. Um, and when I pulled away from the club, sorry, I I I, I got back around re- reorganizing my business consolidating my business, regenerating it, um, getting my members back. Um, and I'm so grateful for that, um, that that's where that's at now. Um, over the Christmas was a really tough time for everybody connected to my family. And um, But when Christmas was over, I come at it with the mindset that, okay, someone needs to grab it now and lead it. So I come up with this idea for a podcast uh, around, uh, it's called In the Name of the Father. Um, it's every episode of it for as long as I manage to keep it going for will be dedicated to my father um, but it's basically a platform where I want to I want to share stories with people from all walks of lives all walks of life about how can we be better fathers how can we limit the amount of families that don't manage it doesn't work out for yeah um, preventing a lot of the stress and trauma for all parties involved in the family's uh, unit how can we prevent it from getting to that fictitious angry hurtful traumatic space yeah um and if i can do that by sharing how my father handled a live war like me and how i handle my kids um and hear stories from other people stuff i don't know about you know um i just feel that there's not enough help for men in that space but i'll also want to hear women's stories about how could we have been better for you at that moment yeah how could we have recognized postnatal depression that time and this is something that everybody in a relationship goes through this yeah. is, this can touch everybody yeah yeah and i just think we all know that but we're not saying it on a public platform yeah in an open honest space in an open honest way and i want to capitalize on the shift in their psyche towards it's 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 more okay now to open up whether you're a fella or whether you're a girl there's more services available there's more help available yeah. but i want to leave me tracksuit and runners on and I want to fucking talk the way I talk and, and say, what's your story? Where are you coming from? Was your dad around? If so, what was that like? Was he not around? If so, what was that like? Do you Have you replicated his mistakes? Have you learned from his mistakes? And generally bring us towards helping each other instead of ending up in the family law courts or ending up in, in angry, volatile situations. And the only thing about those situations is uh, the children are the ones that are affected. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't care if a relationship doesn't work out. Nobody has any perfect situation. Um, I care about the kids. I care about men not being fucking stamped down and told you've no right to see your kid. Yeah. yeah I care yeah. about men. Seventy-five percent of men coming away from the family law courts with no access to their kids. It's fucking has to change. And I think I have, you know, a quarter of a of an audience from walking in with people on my life, and I want to fucking try and flip that into a situation where no, listen. We're all good people. We're all trying, and we get lost along the way. Let's not make the fucking kid pay the price for it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And if we can find a way around sharing their stories in an open and honest way, I think 
maybe we learn a little bit more about each other and hopefully the men can learn a little bit more about women and women can learn a little bit more about men and we don't get to those um, doomsday scenarios. Yeah. So that's in that name of the fella, DA. Check out Darren, Darren Dillon on Kickstart Fitness on Instagram. Um, keep an eye out for it and uh, it's going to be fantastic. But tell us, even with the enemy, yeah, how did this come about? Uh, Explain the premise of the program as well. So, so eating with the enemy, think love. I uh, think uh, not love Ireland. That's, that's the next one. <laughs> that's uh, the next one. Love Ireland for OAPs. Um, now think four states where two people come together that don't know each other. Now they're trying to get together, right? This program is on Virgin Media Two. Uh, Sixth of February is the one that I'm on. Starts um, the sixteenth of uh, starts the sixteenth of January Monday. Monday coming. There we go. Yeah. Um, but basically, I got uh, an email, a mail from a girl, a fitness girl, who asked me would I have a chat about the fitness industry and the state of the fitness industry at the moment. Right. And some of the things that wreck my head or annoy me and wherever else. And I, and, and I have to be honest, um, influencers um, who are, you know, making a few quid and um, doing well for themselves and, and stuff like that. Well, that's brilliant for them, and I'm happy because I genuinely, my approach to the life is I hope we all win. Yeah. Except balls. Right? <laughs> um, but uh, when you're in my game and you're rearing daughters, try to do that with influencers promoting that stuff. Yeah. And try and deal with the consequences from a mental health point of view or a physical health point of view of those influencers, and, and sometimes, and, and like I said, I hope we all win. So I wanted, and they, they brought me onto that show to basically speak about that. Um, and other conflicts of, of programming, let's say, that we all have from different generations, you know. So yeah. I'm obviously 48, and the person that I spoke to on it is a hell of a lot younger than me, doesn't have kids, hasn't really, you know, has a lot to learn, let's say, right? Um, and, and I had hugely contrasting views to some of that person's views, and um, it would be interesting. So this is one of those programs where you're sitting there, and it's... It's it's car crash stuff where you're yeah, watching it yeah, and yeah. you're just really rubbernecking. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So check yeah, it out anyway. Yeah. So it's Darren Dillon, eating with the enemy in the name of the father. Darren, it's been a brilliant chat and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. See you on the stands. Yeah. So prof, very enjoyable with Darren. Lovely fella, and he he. I'm not surprised he's doing a podcast because he can talk. Yeah, I, he's, I'm, he's I'll well. definitely check that one out. Um. In the name of the father, is it? D-A. In the name of yeah, the name father. Yeah, father, yeah. Um, he spoke about his dad, who uh, I think he said he passed away, did he? Was, it, was that during COVID? Yeah, just a year ago, I think it was. Yeah. Maybe, possibly, a little bit more, maybe. Because he put up a picture of him hold, holding the cup together. Um, but no, I, I really, really enjoyed that listening, I must say. Um, from Darren, the, the minister for banter. <laughs> yeah. Is that him? And I totally get what he's saying about the cup final. I'm, that didn't surprise me at all that he said the cup meant so much more to him than the league wins. It just cuts deep, doesn't it? It's mm. different. It's totally, totally mm. different. Do you know what I mean? I think it's because it's more uh, structured. You know, you win the quarters, you win the semis, you know what's happening, whereas nothing else can affect it. With other results in the league, nothing can, you know it's it's straight it's straight as a die. It's all about the, the one day as well. The build up and you remember that day forever. Um, at least now we now know what he was shouting from the sidelines. All those, all those games, it was relentless. Yeah. So it wasn't there. Uh, you push on or you switch flanks or something. No, he was just he was just shouting the word relentless. But you know what I liked about it because when he said that, it's like a dog's saying, saying "sit" to a dog. You know, let's say Watts is slacking off slightly, 
and Darren notices relentless he'd be like oh they're like what's he relentless they mean, that means you're slacking that means you're not 100% on your game mm. so I like I think it's like look at the trigger well, I remember it well at the time I remember reading, reading Robert's chat and you know things were going bad we were losing the bows and we're third in the league or whatever and this sort of shit would come up whether it's the goalkeeping coach or whether it's Darren why is Darren Dillon on the sideline yeah, shouting yeah. instructions like it was great to hear him talk about how he felt like he knew football until he sp- spoke to these guys and like yeah, I said yeah. they see things we'll never see like we think we know how to play football we know wh- what it's all about you sit in a room with these guys they just blow you away yeah there's one or two things I wanted to point out I quite liked from this um like he was brutally honest, and he spoke about. He said, "Yeah, I I butted heads with Bradzer from day one to the last day, but he he said that that's that's a good thing though. That's a good thing that we argued and we wanted everything to be right. Yeah. We wanted success. It's like of course you're going to be arguing. Um, I think I found similarities between that and the way some of the lads in the four in a row team in the eighties speak about." They said, like, they'd come in on... Uh, when did they play? they play on the Sunday. Trained, like, twice a week, three times. Yeah, so they said they'd come in... And I can't remember if they said training or maybe the Saturday morning or something. And any grievances or any problems with the performance or any personal problems, they would just hash it out then and there and it would be over Boom. and onto the game. Done. Let it go. Drop and roll. Let's go. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? And the other thing was... I found it interesting that he said we become a soft touch. So, you think back to Darren Dillon on the sidelines. Aside from shouting the word relentless, I do have a few images of him arguing with the fourth official. Mm. Or it might be uh, Glenn Cronin arguing with the fourth official. And he said, like, well, it's better me than Bradzer, you know? Who cares if I'm sent off? Do I think the sacrificial lamb was called? I was like, there, you're being yeah. sacrificed. Like, he's like, right, you go and do the dirty work. So obviously, as a fan, like not just Robbers, but you're watching football on TV anywhere in the world, and you're seeing staff members show abuse at the fourth official, and you're like, "Well, what's he's not going to do, Anton? He's not going to contact the ref and say, well, you know what? Actually, maybe reconsider it.' No effect. But he spoke about being a soft touch, and I think he's talking about Dundalk there. I think he's talking about Dundalk had their way with officials for a few years there. O'Donnell, how many many games did O'Donnell actually referee himself? He was ridiculous, yeah. And that one where he was sent off and there was a big there was a big kerfuffle, wasn't mm. there? Was that the no Bork didn't get sent off that day, did he? No, either way, yeah, another one you're on about. The big yeah, round yeah. sidelines. So even though ideally you would never <laughs> like get sent off or argue a refs, but they're backing each other up and they're passionate and it's a will to win. So I kind of look back fondly at those moments when he brings them up. And I remember Brazzer in here when he was on the show and he said him and Glenn were at some awards show. Maybe maybe that soccer writers thing we were talking about earlier. Maybe it was one of those. And he said all the highlights to put on the screen. So this would have been 2016, 17 maybe. All the goals were against us, he said. I remember that it was brilliant and, and he was like for fuck's sake this this needs to change this <laughs> is bullshit we need to turn this around mm. so overtaking Dundalk at the top of that mantle 
it was a lot of things including not being a soft touch so i i actually quite enjoyed that part so yeah definitely check out darren's um podcast uh sounds very interesting the name of the father yeah so thanks for Darren for that and um yeah season promo shoot i was on wednesday prof prof this is gonna blow your mind this see that this is a sure media this is philly this did you the, did you go to this no but it is <laughs> people would be shocked to hear that no I did. Did you apply for how many roles did you apply for? What, <laughs> what, like, what age groups? <laughs> me coming in as the six year old. So you applied for the father and the son one. You applied for the wife. The twenty five to forty year old one. <laughs> uh, what else? But uh, no, it's it's this this is a big big promo. It's huge. Possibly the biggest one we've ever done. Biggest one. The 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 makers and the creators are hyped. A hype, I'm buzzing for it. So you got you got your likes of your your Philip Maguire's and your Mark Lynch's here will yeah. be uh, striving for something special here. Oh, big time, big time, yeah, and it's including the the ladies as well. So it's going to be very interesting. Galway friendly on Saturday the fourth of Feb, Prof. That is off, and we're going to play Waterford at Rosestone at eleven a.m. and our Leinster Senior Cup tie at the UCD Ball is three p.m. So loads of football that day. Yeah, the big one, but Gar surrendering home advantage. In the greatest cup competition in the world. It's a risky move. <laughs> I just hope it doesn't backfire and put pressure on the gaffer so early in the season. If you don't go to this game, you can't never do a <laughs> podcast again. You know what I mean? Do you know what? I actually made plans for that day. And then when I saw the date change, I changed my plans. Because I had exactly what you just said. You, changed, was, you actually changed your plans for it? Brilliant. Because I was like... People won't let me. Yeah, yeah. You brought that on yourself. <laughs> they won't forgive me. Me and the bear were wondering about it. We were thinking because I'd never been to the UCD bar, so I was saying to him, "Will we go out? And can you watch the game from the bar? Like, is there a window?" He goes, "No, I don't think you can." But mm. we were planning that round. We we're like, "Into the bar? Is the bar open at two? Yeah, we're going early. We should pretend we're students." I just, I kind of like that. It's a competitive game, though. You know, I just, I can't. I just, I find it difficult to stand on the sideline at Rosedown against Bray, and feel anything for it. Yeah, no, it's uh, we'll, right. we'll we'll let them go. The warm weather this week as well. Well, at least it's a cup, and like it's our last, it's our last game before the Presidents Cup. We presume Brazil will will play full strength in the Presidents mm-hmm. Cup, so he'll probably play a similar side. Okay, he might, he might play the strong side in the Waterford game, and then second string UCD. I don't know what way he'll do it, but. Uh, no, interesting to see what he goes with. So we are back, Prof. We're coming. The new training range has been updated with two stars and is available today. Limited quants at the club shop from 12 to 4. So anyone purchasing pre-Christmas, uh, they can bring their garments back and have the stars added at no cost. So online sales not available. But you can get your two stars, Prof. Get user second star. Get user second star. <laughs> Tickets are about to go and save dirty in the President's Cup and Sligo League opener. So they might be available by the time you listen to this. Um, the... The Presidents Cup is an odd one, isn't it? People like there's there's no real build up to it. There's no lead up. Mm-hmm. To that as you called it perfectly on the way home as a curtain raiser. Mm-hmm. Um, we do want to have a big attendance. Don't think we're running the bus, but it's just something about it. Nobody's really talking about you know it. Ta- you know what I mean? We're looking at Sligo. Like well, you're thinking of blood and guts at Sligo, and it's got, we're going all out. And you're thinking of Derry versus the Presidents Cup, and you're like, mm, you do want to win it. But you're just like meh. People are talking about Sligo as their first game yeah, of the season. Exactly. It's actually our second game of the season. <laughs> but you wouldn't think it. No. Um Yeah, no, I'm on I'm undecided myself if I'm going. Um I'm hoping to go. Yeah. Um so hopefully we get a decent 
decent crowd going down. We'll check or up rather. Um, so Players yeah. off to Spain, Prof, training camp next week. So warm weather will we are getting the roads down refurbished. Yeah, training camp in Spain. What, Barcelona, is it? Yeah, somewhere in and around that neck of the woods. So I doubt they'll play any games. It'll be all warm weather. Training laps, hill runs, balls at feet. So a little bit of warm weather and um, the whole squad are gone as far as I know. So good stuff. No one getting left out or left behind. Hopefully better knock-on effect from our last trip to that uh, region of Europe. Uh, 2018 we went to Portugal <laughs> and we uh, lost the balls in the opening day. Um, but you know how different the mentality is at the club now because that was a piss-up. Like the players told us, certain ex-strikers and ex-midfielders who frequent the show told us it was a piss-up. So mm-hmm. you won't get away with that now. It's We're too far gone past the point of being a dust club or and like that, we it's a pro club that want to win trophies and want to qualify for Europe. And if that's your game and you want to go on the piss, you're not going to last at Rovers, in my opinion. Anyway, that's how I feel. They're not going to get away with it. But uh, were, yeah. we, were we having a piss up in 2018? I think there was. Wasn't there? Um, Shaz, that's what Shaz and McAllister said, wasn't it? <laughs> that's when we were soft. That's when we were soft. When we were soft, yeah. Well, I'm sure 2005 was a piss up under Roddy Collins. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That, that, was, was, that was Spain. You mentioned that there, not the law, but that's it, Prof. This week, uh, me and the Prof are off for points. I actually have a spare hour or two today. Me and the Prof are going to go over to Fergal for have a couple of points of ribbon and Guinness. What are we, we going to have? Uh, what are we going to have, Guinness? We, we all say that enough anymore. On the I'm show. in the mood. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the mood. We, we need to. We'll start. do it together, right? Ready? Points. Are we going to have a Guinness? Or are we going to have a green ribbon? We'll sure. decide on the way over. I made a point. I made a point. Made we need else. to bring back the cracking open the cans beside the bike. We need to bring back the points. Yes, bring and back the, the Rosestone Roger. Yeah, and the yeah. quizzes. <laughs> and Trevor, We're getting there. And Trevor Clark not knowing <laughs> where Derry is. And uh, Michael O'Connor thinking Czechoslovakia <laughs> <laughs> doesn't not know what Czechoslovakia broke up into. We're going all school in tifties this season. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to we're going off for a couple of points now. We're going to sit there and chew the fat. But we'll be back in two weeks to review our first competitive game of the season in Belfield and look ahead to the Presidents Cup. So that is it for this week. We'll see us uh, see us when we see us. And that's it. Keep on hooping. See you.